Mazda presents The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde. Rich Martyr, am I right? You see, because he made money. He's a rich guy. He's a very rich guy, more like rich money. I like that you the one you had before the show, Money Martyr. Money <laughs> Martyr of Rich. Darren Ferris. I don't know. Welcome to the Darren Ferris Victory Parade, everybody. Woo. I just hope that he knows that next season, Taylor Hall can't sit out as an unrestricted free agent. That's not how it works. I mean, he could. I mean, well, he could. He could fly to Zurich and he could he could work out with them. Doesn't feel like it. He just threatens the entire NHL. All 31 of you teams. I'm going to get offer sheeted. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how all free point. agency works is they <laughs> offer you sheets. Um, hey, everyone who schadenfreuded it up, especially... I just hope no Red Wings fans were loving the Mitch Marner saga. What do you mean? Well, I mean, it would be a real shame if this happened with Darren Ferris' client, Philip Zadina. Oh, it already happened with Darren Ferris' client, Anthony Estenesiu. Andreas Andreas Estenesiu. I know, it's a lot. It's a mouthful. And I also hope no Philadelphia Flyers fans. Mm. With oh, Darren, who's with the Darren Ferris client there? Morgan Frost. Oh. And uh, I I just hope... I just hope it doesn't happen to you. God forbid yeah. something bad that happened to the Leafs should happen to your team. You wouldn't want to get stuck on the Ferris wheel, am I right? Oh! oh. Ah. <laughs> that was actually quite good. Thank you. That Thank was you. Adam Zafavik. That was, that was very good. <laughs> I am happy that Mitch Marner is a Leaf. But Steve. For the next six years. We're lucky. And we are lucky. Didn't you hear that? Did you oh. hear how lucky we were? Oh, boy. That, that we... That, that you know, it's so amazing... The mm. godlike, godlike graciousness of of this camp, because mm. they turned down more money. They could have had two other offer sheets. Wow! They were offered two offer sheets. And Mitch, supposedly with a halo above his head, golly, said it might have even said, "Golly, that's a lot of money." <laughs> but golly, I want to be a leaf, right? Because it's the victory tour. <laughs> trying to reshape her image. Are we, are we trying to reshape the image a little bit with those? Because that came yes. out today. Darren Ferris did come out and say, well, you know. And apparently Matthew Barnaby tweeted that uh, the offer sheets came from Columbus, which you can understand because Makes they have a lot all of the sense. cap room. Yeah. And Minnesota, which you cannot because I'm not sure how they could have fit it. It might have been. You know what occurred to me is that might have been the final shoe to drop uh, leading to um, Paul Fenton getting fired. You think that Paul Fenton would have done that? Is it because Mitch Marner's lizard-like and he catches people with his tongue? He could have been that. Also, really? Well, because that was the Zuccarello when he signed Zuccarello. What are you talking about? He's like a lizard and he tax people with his lizard. You sound like a wacky NHL executive. Oh, Oh, turns out you're quoting one. Former executive. Former, that's right. So I wonder if he was like, all right, Hail Mary, Mitch Marner. And he said, what? Why would I ever come there? And also you can't afford me. And then he got fired. So that could be what happened. You're also having to assume Matthew Barnaby's right. Mm-hmm. I don't remember him breaking anything, but he also played in the NHL for a really long time. You know, I'm glad that we didn't do this show, this story on Friday night because we needed more of the dust to settle. And the, the press yes. tour this morning has been very interesting. On a Monday. Very, very interesting. Can't do it on the weekend. That's mm. ridiculous. No, I got to wait for the Monday morning shows. Yes. That's who I'm waiting for. Also, if you take out Fiala and Spurgeon, the Wild did have enough room. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, there you yeah. go. So. Enough enough room for like 10.8? Yeah, more or, than enough. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, they also so. suck, so. Like, <laughs> but, yeah. so. So, you know. Again, I think Steve's first point of, why would I come there? <laughs> why would I come there? Well, I mean. Especially when Paul Fenton was in charge. Listen, right. we can afford you. I mean, I wonder if part of the reason he said no was, Minnesota and Columbus. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, uh, Columbus less so. Yeah. For sure. Well, listen, it, it's like not Col- Minnesota like the city. It's Minnesota the way the teams run. Yeah, never been to Columbus. I mean, sorry, I've never been to Minnesota. I have been to Columbus. I like Columbus. Been to both. Love them both. There but, you go. Um, but I could, I could Listen, under- we're just afraid to offend. Adam, <laughs> no, no, Adam once called Minnesota the greatest city in North America on this podcast. I don't oh, know yeah, if I said that. Did. I don't Remember think I called it the that? greatest city. I think North you America. said the greatest city on earth, top five, <laughs> at least. Okay. Abu Dhabi, <laughs> yeah. London, Paris, Minneapolis, St. Paul. You said one uh, of the best <laughs> cities on earth. You That's said what I said. <laughs> No, I'm just, here's the thing. Okay. So the the interesting part of this whole story, for me anyway, is yeah, when you, the deal got done. Which one? You, you Paul Fenton or Mitch Marner? Mitch Marner. <laughs> I do, I do <laughs> want to cut you off just to establish Please. something. Okay. Ad, Adam's about to advance the story here. So let Iceberg get in the way here and steer the Titanic. I was Titanic. about to say, we're going to have a rare Iceberg, iceberg moment. Iceberg, get ahead. Listen, it's so rare that you'd interrupt <laughs> to tell a story, Steve. Mitch Marner's a leaf. I'm happy about it. Oh, sure, it. yeah. We've been hammering yeah. him for a while. Uh-huh. So that will stop now after the show because we're yes. not done yet. <laughs> the, it's We have a resolution. He's a leaf for the next six years. But we have some thoughts. I th- After that, he goes back to being my favorite little boy. I think that's fair because it happened. Yeah. Now you need to do the retrospective mm-hmm. and then move forward. Well, and I'd, yes. like to, I'd like to take issue with what you just said. Just one no. point of order. One small thing. Okay. One small correction. We never went after Mitch Marner. We went after the Marner no. Camps methods. Yes. That's what we did. We yeah. never assassinated Mitch Marner's character. We never assassinated his father's character, which, by the way, was happening online. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that. Well, we never assassinated Darren Ferris, the person. The method, which was outsized in its, in its, uh, in its confrontational uh, tone, in its you know, arguing back and forth through the media, in all of the things that it created, the, 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 quite frankly, the shitstorm that it created and yeah. would have continued to create... Did not need to happen, and mm-hmm. he still could have had this number. No, and and Jesse made the point, well, I mean, it is ultimately Mitch Marner's decision. Mm-hmm. And that was further proven today when he was given two offer sheets and supposedly said no to them. Right. The agent came to a number that could have definitely come to fruition without all of this stuff This that didn't need happened. to happen. Yeah. And uh, if any feelings were hurt, I would like to apologize to the Marner camp for getting exactly what they wanted. Right. Which was a fight from <laughs> they, February on. They wanted a fight. And they got all the it. money in the world. Right. So here's, here's the interesting part of this for me. It seemed like mid-last week, mm-hmm. we got a ramp up in the, well, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen, don't see a path forward. I believe... The, the best way, the best unbiased takes always come from, you know, Freege and from Bob McKenzie. And yep. Bob and Freege both in their own way said, as unbiased as they could be, don't see a path forward here. Hard to see a path forward here. Right. Then, because we we are used to one particular side being far more vocal than the other side in this particular negotiation. Yep. We heard, well, it's not going to happen, not going to happen. We heard Zurich. We heard all the other things. And what was interesting to me is at a certain point last week, all of a sudden, poof, all of the offers that the Marner camp had turned down became public knowledge. 
They were all, all of a sudden, reported. Information's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Interesting. And on that interview in 1050, Ferris did come out and say that they were never offered that 11 point whatever to Vera Steele back in July. Okay. Yeah, okay, sure. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. He can say whatever he wants. Like, I, I, I yeah. here's the thing. You know, you know who they always call liars? Elliot Friedman and Bob McKenzie. <laughs> you know who they always call stupid, greedy liars is the two most reputable names in the sport. If you care to read the quote, I will. No, please. So on my favorite radio station in the entire world, TSN 1050, mm. based out of Toronto, Ontario. The greatest. Yeah. Well, it's second favorite. Darren Ferris said, Now, when you say a proposed offer, we discuss numbers. Those are numbers we all looked at. There were different numbers that were tabled over different time spans, but nothing was set in stone. Like, here is what we're going to do. Or, this is where we're at. It's a proposal for a discussion to talk around a number. Nobody declined an offer. No one accepted an offer at those points. We were just discussing the deal, and from there, that's how we got to this point. So, they so said, that's when he was so they said, directly would you about. do this? And he said, no, try right. again. You could have canned <laughs> that quote and sold it as a soup. What the, that, what the that, hell is that, that? Yo, that quote was about as full as a bag of chips. Literally just air. Air, baby, air. You ever I, get that on Halloween? What's that? You ever open a completely empty bag of chips on Halloween? No, but I did always get those ones with like the Humpty Dumpty ones that are like, oh, eh, you might get five chips in this, and they might be five years old. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah so they, they taste like cardboard. <laughs> yeah. There's these, here we sell them once a year chips. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, like five times throughout my life. Horrible luck. I open a bag of chips with no chips. See, that's not horrible luck. That's not horrible luck. That's just, that's being a terrible company. Oh, <laughs> and I don't know if it's no, Humpty no, Dumpty no, no, or no. Else. No, but terrible. it's bad luck that yeah. I No, let's them. not take this off of Steve. That's huh. bad Halloweening. Whoa. You need to trick or treat better, sir. Yeah. You go to the rich neighborhoods where you didn't even get little yeah, bags. Yeah, where they get full chocolate you get bars. Big chocolate bars and big bags of chips. There was one house in Adam and I's neighborhood that all the kids knew to go to because mm-hmm. they did the full size chocolate bars. Mm-hmm. There was one house, don't be this house, the candy apple house. <laughs> Ew. Mm. Nobody wants to eat that. No. What is this? Like a nefarious cartoon from like no. This isn't this isn't the forties. Like we're we're beyond <laughs> the candy apple stage. Also, apples from strangers. Bad. Yeah, yeah. I was taught in poorly done PSAs in elementary school that there are razors in this. And they tell you that they made it in their kitchen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just because I know you doesn't mean I want to carry around this sticky ass candy apple in my bag all and, night. And didn't Cinderella have to fall asleep because she ate an apple or something like that? Or was that Snow that was White? Snow White. See? Snow yeah. Look what happened to her. Yeah. And I'm going to throw this out there. Here's how Steve brings it all back. This kid, whose parents gave out the candy apples, lived on my street. This kid's name? Mitch. Whoa. No lie? Swear, swear, no lie. Swear to God. Wow. Mitch. Look at that. Mitch did not enjoy that. Back to the Mitch topic. didn't enjoy that about his parents. <laughs> you know, there's certain things about your parents are like, God, you're killing me with embarrassment right now. Mitch did not enjoy that. No. No, I don't think no, so. No, he did not. So here's here's the interesting part. So last he week had to we hear the 30 candy apples they couldn't give away. We hear about last week the well, you know, the camp won't do this, camp won't do this, and then the number finally comes out. We already knew Berkey kind of came out with the 8 years 80 million earlier in the summer, which Yeah, I don't even remember. There's been that so was, many that numbers. Was the, that was the Brian Burke one that I'd heard that was the most similar to this that he had heard was turned down. Eight years, eighty million. So that would have been ten million per year. Yeah, which I would have taken. Sure. Yeah. Now, but then we hear seven years, seventy-seven. Yes. And we're like, which is whoa for those counting eleven million dollars a season. Uh-huh. The second that that came out, the winds changed. Uh-huh. Mitch Marner 
and, and people people disagreed with me online about this as they're one to do, and that's fine. To me, Mitch Marner in this negotiation from the PR side had a, had a, a decided advantage. Mm-hmm. He's an outstanding hockey player coming off an outstanding year, outstanding who has an person? outstanding reputation in the community. Yep. Mm-hmm. People adore him. Uh-huh. They love him. They want to pinch his cheeks. They want to hug him, and they want to watch him do crazy shit with the puck, which is what he does amazingly well. He's a good person. He gives back. He's all the things that you want. And guess what? Local kid. <laughs> the, Local the one, kid. The one time he spoke this summer was on uh, Tim and Sid. Does anyone remember why? It was a charity. He was mm-hmm. like a charity. It was his charity. The Marner yeah. Assist Fund. Yeah. 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 But I don't know, no one really remembered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice, Mitch. Those kids and everything. Have you signed? This is a good person. Yes. Now, this is a business deal. So, no, there are, to me, it's like there's no bad in this. This is just two businesses going head to head, millionaires fighting with billionaires. But that's what I've been saying. In the grand scheme of things, nothing in here really matters. No, but. no that's the great, that's the key thing to remember <laughs> yeah. about hockey. None of it really matters. <laughs> but while you're in death. it, it sure does feel like it. <laughs> anyway, the. Believe me, it, it's hard to tell myself that. The wins, struggled with it. The wins with this story change as soon as that no- number comes out. The 7, 100%. 11. The, the, yeah. And here was the icing on the cake. It even included, you remember the tweet, it even included the bonuses yeah. that were not in the first three-year contract <laughs> that Lou Lamorello would not give to him but gave to Matthews. I do not go nearly as berserk if that's not included in the tweet. All right. But it was an important detail. And who did that come from? It came from. We'll say his name. He's not Voldemort. We'll say Darren Dreger. No, no. Who did that come from? The 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 did that? I thought that was Bob McKenzie. That was Darren Dreger that said that. Mm-hmm. That included no, the bonuses. That, I, I think Adam has this correct. Oh, I think okay. it was McKenzie who added on the the uh, bonus. I'll he look was it up. Let's, let's check Dreger, that. Right? It got confused. I'll tell you. It did. A second. Okay. The point okay. here is that as soon as that detail comes out, because I have a hard time believing that would come from Darren Dreger, that as soon as that that comes out. Then Lee fans are like, okay. So Enough. now so now it's personal. Now we're pissed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have gone with you this far. We love you. We know how much money you can... We'll buy all the Mountain Dew, Red Bull, whatever. We love you. We don't love this agent at all. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are going after his dad, which again, I said before, you can't go after the guy's dad if you don't know how involved he was. So I understand when Mitch Marta came out and said, yeah, I didn't really like the fact that people went after my dad. I understand that. Now... Is his dad involved? Probably. But as much as any parent, who knows? What I was saying the whole time is I struggle to see Mitch Marner. I struggle to picture Mitch Marner even saying these things. Bingo. The I feel slighted. I should have. I Matthew's name was brought up again and again and again. And I'm like, if it's not the Matthews deal, it's no deal. I just can't picture it. I can't. So who's it coming from? Mm -hmm. And the first two people who come to mind are, well, it's got to be the agent. Or it's got to be the dad. Yep. I'm not. I don't know the first thing about Paul Martin. Darren Dreger did have the quote about the bonuses in his original tweet. Okay, so he it, did. The tweet Fair was: enough. Leafs have been persistent in pushing both seven and eight year extension at Marner. The 11 million per offer was made in June and included the 1.6 million in B bonuses. Toronto wouldn't pay Marner in his entry level contract. Interesting. So, so yeah, they were great. Come out okay. So the point is. As soon as that detail comes out, fans switch. And yep. isn't it interesting that within 12 hours of that, those details coming out, maybe even less, we hear later on that Marner and Dubas had to sit down face-to-face. And you know why that happened? Why? If you have an agent. Yes. I have an agent. I can tell you that I have an agent. 
my agent talks to Bell Media when mm-hmm. I need a new contract. He negotiates the deal. He reports back to me and he says, here's what they're offering. Here's where I think's fair. Here's what we're going to go back at because there's got to be somewhere in the middle, right? That's what happens. What I've never had to do with my agent, to his credit, is go, hey, listen, this is really getting out of control. Let me talk to management directly. Right. (laughs) What happened was, and I would put money on this, I'm thinking, my opinion is... This is your... This is out of wild... Not based on sources. Theory is that Mitch Marner tried to let his people, who he pays, and and Darren, I, 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 I include just Darren Ferris in that because I don't know the Paul Marner stuff. I From now on, just assume that I don't mean Paul Marner because I have no idea how involved that guy is. I think there's a very specific reason Darren Ferris is the one in the media today. They're like, oi, this was your job in the first place. <laughs> Bingo. You be front and center and, and this, deal with this shit. And this is what I'm getting to. Yeah. This guy let it get out of control. And he lost the PR battle, which he should have won, by the with, way, with the average fan. With that the was most a, beloved leave. With the, you cannot, it's crazy to me, he could have won that battle. There but, were, but the second, the yeah. whole, the whininess of, of oh, Matthew's got, uh, by the way, Mitch Marner, those, those, um, those bonuses that he wasn't eligible for, by the way, he never would have got them anyway. No. The ones that he was slighted on. The ones that he's apparently that they were so upset that they didn't get, he only would have been eligible for his last season. This is the crazy part. So beyond all this, the winds change. Mitch Marner takes things into his own hands like an adult Mm -hmm. because he's probably thinking, well, I pay these people. They probably know better than I do. And unfortunately, sometimes they don't. Mitch Marner goes, he sits down with Dubas and guess what? Within 24 hours, deal's done. Crazy, isn't it? It was it was unbelievable. We were beside ourselves talking about how this is never going to get done. All of a sudden, Chris Johnson tweets, uh, there's been progress. I go, pardon? Mm-hmm. And then I think it was Jeff Merrick was on the radio and goes, it could get done today. Pardon? And it got done that day. Yeah, because that Dreger tweet came out last Wednesday, the 11th. And then there was like two hours on Twitter where Mitch Marner was the biggest pariah in Toronto. It's like everybody hated him. In literally the country. It, the country. I shouldn't even say Toronto. <laughs> like just, the hockey world, just everybody hated him because it looked like he was just being greedy and petty. And fans of petty. other petty's the word. Yeah. yeah. I don't nobody minds you being gritty or greedy because you're 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 living our dream. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the greed. But I was, mind petty. He was greedy because he was petty. Right. And nobody wanted to see that and they're like, This isn't Mitch, what the hell is going on? It's just anger. All one it was, side. It was, it was terrible. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was very little Dubas side, and yeah. I think it was coming from other teams too. And I'm noticing a lot from out west because they started to realize, okay, so wait a sec. If Marner's setting the market, and it's all the stuff I've been saying for a couple months now, screw it. Let them all wait. <laughs> Let them. Vancouver with Besser. Calgary with, oh, they got Manjapane yesterday. No, the big fish is Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, Rantanen. Rantanen is going to be a big one. That number is probably going to be the same as Marner's. It should be. Whatever they didn't spend on Nate McKinnon, they'll spend on Rantanen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I made made a video for Sportsnet's YouTube channel. The, the The two guys who, looking at their past two years, there is little to no justification paying them less than Mitch Marner is Miko Rantanen and uh, Braden Point. They Who, should the both way, be making at least what he made. And his, Braden Point's most recent offer was $4.7 million for three years. <laughs> like each year. <laughs> no 
way. way. Where'd you hear that? That was uh, that was recently. I forget. Okay, four point seven. Did that I was, hear you that right? That was what was reported. I would have had the same laugh if you said seven point four. Four point seven. Four point seven. I think it was LeBron that had that actually. Oh my god! And I was like, oh well, that's not ending anytime this, soon. Please don't let this happen. I'm so I'm I'm ready to be done with five point seven. Oh, okay. Now let's see. (laughs) Sorry. Now let's see how the Marner contract impacts other negotiations. It's believed Tampa's last offer to Point was around three years at five point seven million. Both sides are far apart. This Pierre LeBron on Twitter. So the Marner camp is dying to be done with this. The Leafs are dying to be done with this. I'm done after the show. Uh, I think most fans are ready to be done. God help Mitch Marner. If Braden Point signs for five point seven million dollars, oh boy, and Miko Rantanen signs well, for something similar, and also two million, God, God help Kyle Dubas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I think that's maybe when it turns. So we'll get that's back. maybe when it turns to him. Well, let me let me let me get back to something for you. I just want to show. There's an Eagle Eye uh, podcast listener named Jeremy Bosco who sent me this, and I think you'll love this. Okay, uh-huh. this has nothing to do with anything, and probably is just something the way it worked out. However. When I look at Mitch Marner's contract breakdown, in his first season, he's going to make $16 million. That is a $15.3 million signing bonus and a base salary of seven hundred grand. That's $16 million bucks. That was interesting. He got the opposite of what was reported, right? where it's front-loaded instead of back. So he'll make the same as Austin Matthews in base salary, $700,000, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, fair. Austin Matthews' signing bonus, $15.210. Mitch Marner's signing bonus... $15.3 million. So Mitch Marner can so sit Mitch there Marner in the dressing room. So Mitch Marner beat Austin room. Matthews by 90K <laughs> in the battle of who's super fucking rich at a young I age. I wish it was 93K. I wish it was 93. 93K would have been great. Yeah, absolutely. And then part of me, this is where the deepest, <laughs> no. darkest parts of my mind went. So Matthews got the 11.634. 34, his number's mm. 34. Uh, Marner got the 10.893. 9-3 is his number from Junior, but right. he can't have that. Like, yeah. and, and then part of me goes, are they bitter they can't wear 93? I hope not. Maybe a little. But probably. Yeah. Doug Gilmore did say he could have it. I Doug Gilmore did call him and say, you can have it. <laughs> right. But they can't. No, they can't. Yeah. They, they retired can't the jersey. Yeah. They hadn't retired it yet. You know Dubas is like, well, you're number 16, so whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Wait, we're going to dig in about this That's how many unnoticeable amount make. of money to us. <laughs> It is an absolutely unnoticeable. We would we spend that in a weekend. We will never notice that it's gone. How soon do we get to the Mitch Marner is going to be traded before the twenty twenty three off season? Because, Won't happen because that's when his no movement clause kicks in the next year. No, Won't happen. you know that's what? what happened to PK. Yeah, you know PK's I was about to say. Though. You know the words that were about to come out of my mouth. Well, that's what happened with Kadri. Oh, <laughs> he got traded. I don't think they're in a trade, Marner. No, I don't think so either. Now, now he's got to put up ninety-four points. Yeah, again, ninety-three. Well, it, it now is he's time. Gonna, oh yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. He should like hold back a little, d- dump it into the corner. <laughs> Once he hits ninety-three, he stops playing. There's Twenty games left in the season. I filled my duties <laughs> Just dumps here. It. Yeah. I'm done now. Um, so the question is, and everybody oh go for one sixteen. Everybody wanted to talk about this, and I think it's a fair, fair question. Mm-hmm. Is it an overpay? 
And I think undoubtedly, yes, the answer is yes. Now, Don Lecision from The Athletic said there's a 74% chance that this contract works out. Quote, Marner projects to be one of the 15 most valuable players in the league over the next six seasons. The expected value from his deal is 17 wins, which is an average of 2.8 wins per season, something you would expect from an elite forward, which is what he projects to be. If you look at just the league's best 16 teams, the percentage value brought by a team's four best players is 49.6%. Almost identical to what the Leafs are paying their top four players. Sure, Dom. No, no. Well, it's salary <laughs> breakdown. Everybody's like, can the Leafs do it with fifty no, percent? Yes, they can. The Leafs four are worth forty-eight point three percent of the team's total on ice value. So they're paying fifty percent for forty-eight point three percent of their on ice value, and they actually, and that's actually rather low for a team that is uh, such has such a strong top end. It, they say it's the fourth most valuable in the league thanks to their depth. There are nine teams whose four top players are projected to be worth 11 wins or more combined, and they're worth 53.8% of a team's total value. Now, if it is an over, overpay, mm-hmm. one thing that Toronto has been famous for in the past famous is overpaying middle-of-the-line guys. Yes. Well, you're a second-liner and you had a first-liner season, all of a sudden going into UFA? Well, damn, let's give you too much money. <laughs> if there is one person, one <laughs> person... Jason Allison? Yeah, oh, 100%. Uh, I'm thinking more along the lines of, and I, poor guy, because I freaking loved him, David Clarkson. Like, I mean, oh, like, yeah. you know, it was Jason Blake. Jason Blake. Uh, My commissary. You know, yeah, like, there were guys that, like, middle-of-the-road guys who were had a good season, went to UFA, leaves paid too much. Hey, was your team good? We'll take your cast-offs and pay them like they're not cast-offs. So, Olin, Versteeg. My question is, yes, it's an overpay now. Mm-hmm. It's a two-fold question. Is it an overpay in three years? And even if it is an overpay, are stars not the ones worth overpaying? Well, how much is is an overpay, right? Like, to me, like, I hope... I hope it ends up the way Leon Dreisaitl's contract has ended up. Mm-hmm. Now, Leon Dreisaitl, a little bit different. He scores a lot more goals, right? Yes, totally different. But it, this has been the war. So when that contract was signed, I laughed at it. Archaeology laughed at we it. We laughed at it. A we lot of people it. laughed at it. The fact of the matter is, when Leon Dreisaitl si- signed his contract, his peers, his closest comparables, were not getting $8.5 million dollars. For that kind of production. Mm-hmm. They weren't. Now he's a 50-goal scorer, and he's more than worth it. Leon Dreisaitl could be making more than Marner right now if he was a restricted free agent at this moment. Yep. Uh, Marner looks like an overpay, but in three years, if he's producing the same number of points, I don't think any of us will be talking about it. I wouldn't be shocked to see the cap take a steep jump. Now, when I said that on Twitter, people were like, well... It's supposed to say the same for the next three years. And three years the, ago... The cap? Yeah. It's going to stay stationary for three years? Because of escrow issues. Don't ask. It's never happened. But also, That's never happened. But also, uh, three years ago, the cap was supposed to escalate to $90 million by this season. Yes. So let's just say that we don't know what's going to happen with the cap. However, I got to look this up because somebody, somebody uh, actually f- flagged it for me. Apparently, with the new Seattle deal, and I don't know how this works, so forgive me on this one if I'm wrong... But apparently, the $750 million that the Oakview group paid to get into the league, to get the franchise, does not count as revenue for the league in the 50-50 Say that one more time? So evidently, the $750 million, and I don't know this for sure, so please, please, let's, let's investigate. Okay. So if you know this, please answer it. The $750 million that they paid 
to the NHL does not count as revenue towards the NHL in the 50-50 player NHL revenue split, which is part of the deal. Don't ask me how. Somebody said that that's the case. I don't know that that's the case. I don't necessarily believe that that possibly could be the case unless the NHLPA negotiators are that bad. Interesting. Uh, Now, one thing I will say is apparently Gary Bettman said that the next NHL TV rights deal, which I believe is up in a couple seasons. In the States. In the States, will be worth five to seven times what it's worth now. Which is not hard to believe because the last one was signed at an obnoxiously low price when the NHL NHL salary cap was like at 40 million bucks. Right. It was was a really, really bad time for the NHL. Self-inflicted. And that will directly affect the cap the way that the Rogers deal up here should have affected the cap had the Canadian dollar not fallen and had Canadian teams not completely crapped. And Uh, if they didn't overpay an exaggerated amount. Sure. Okay. Hey, possible. (laughs) Possible too. If maybe they decided to go the NFL TV model and split the, the TV deal, whatever. The, the point is here. It's because they're paying me so much. <laughs> they just gave, gave me all the dangle dollars. Did you get more or less than Mitch? Mitch. Poor guy. That's what I call him. Mitch, poor guy. How much was your signing bonus? Uh, it was uh, four twenty sixty nine million. <laughs> yeah, up. I'm sure it was. Million. Did it end in your... We'll give you $40. <laughs> <laughs> and 20 cents. That's right. <laughs> You're new here. Get out of the office. Well, yeah, yeah. Hey, we got some Jack Link's jerky in the back. I'm <laughs> big sponsor on the that fan. That has happened. Yeah, I'm, it has. It has. Actually, when I was there, it happened then, too. That's why I made the joke. Yeah, if we you work at a radio station, always visit your boss. Yes. Because they have some promo stuff that they don't want in their office anymore, and they'll give it to you. So the, the, the reality here is that... Sometimes it's beer. Is it an overpay? Mm. Yes. Will it be in three years? That's an interesting question. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Now, according to James Myrtle, and this is, people freaked out when they first saw this, but let's put this into context. According to James Myrtle, last summer, they could have had Marner at eight years for nine million per. Yeah. But at that point, Mitch Marner's career high in points was 69. Nice. It would have been, yeah, nice. But also ludicrous. Yeah, that we would have been screaming about that contract as well, guys. And interestingly... Me, sorry, William Nylander, who was unsigned at that point, his career high was 61 points, which he'd done twice in a row. He would have never settled for the $7 million if Marner got nine yeah. for, for eight more points. You know who would have loved never. Marner's contract the most? Marner. Second most would have been Nylander's. Yeah. 100%. And Matthews, who'd just come off a 69-point season himself, which included uh, uh, a 40-goal season before and a 34-goal season in his second, even though he was injured, would not have signed for the deal that they got him for if Marner had signed for nine million bucks. There's no way. So remember, the thought of giving Mitch Marner nine million dollars before he played with John Tavares and matured, I don't want to take that away from him. He was he's an incredible player and he played with John Tavares. And look at that explosion of stats for both of them. But the thought of giving him nine million dollars last summer per season was insane. And you and I said it on the radio together when we hosted. Yeah, that would have been the dry sidle contract. Yes. That would have been the what are you what is this based and on? And they would have had to do it again with Nylander. Yes. Because then then you got nothing. And the cap savings, uh, like if you take the two into account. It's just not there. Now, here's the question. Do you believe that any team, Leafs or otherwise, can win with 50% of their salary locked up in four players? Uh, after the past two years, I think any team can win the Stanley Cup. Do you uh, believe, we might be watching the Sens hoist it. What if those four players, give or take a little, play basically the same position? Well, there's a bit of an issue. Interesting. I mean, Antti Niemi's won the thing, so. What do you say to people who are worried about how the defense is going to look after this season? 
The plan seems fairly obvious, no? Like, What's the plan, Steve? So Freddie Anderson's got two years left. Yep. I be- or th- well, this year and the next, I think. Riley, I think, has at least two years left. But then after that, oh no, what do they do? We'll revisit the defense in a minute. The Leafs' top nine, top nine forwards all have at least two years left on their contracts. That's wild! How many NHL teams have their top nine, their entire top three lines, and that's not fiddling with the lines at all, guys. That is the Leafs' top three lines are all locked up for at least two years. Uh, I would say nobody. That's enviable. And It is extremely enviable. The reason why it's nobody, beyond the fact that it's enviable and that's cool, is the fact that most teams would not want all top nine of their players to be locked up that long. Well, here's the thing. In the Leafs' case, you do. The Leafs' mm-hmm. top nine are good. Bingo. Those players are, uh, let's let's do it. Andreas Janssen, <clears throat> uh, four years, I think. Mm-hmm. Matthew, six. Mm-hmm. Or no, sorry, five. Uh, and uh, Tavares, six. And uh, Nylander, five. Yeah. Tavares, six. Marner, six. And then Hyman is two. Mm-hmm. Trevor Moore, who we all forget, is two. Is not yet a, a top nine guy, though. He'll be. I, I he will be. But I he's think not he yet. slots into that slot. I think he slots into third line left wing. Okay. Um, Kerfoot, I think, is three or four. Four. Can't remember. Four he's years. Four. I'm looking Cap- at it, but I'm testing your skills. Kapanen <laughs> is three. Kapanen is three. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And Janssen's four, isn't he? Janssen, Janssen is four. four. You said that. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah. we did say that. That's extremely enviable. Um, and then they have a fourth line. You're and forgetting the most important player. Nick Patan, two. He is not a top He's nine player. He's locked up to two. I Nick Patan is top six. Wow. <laughs> Second line center, Nick Patan. Wow. First. First. But Matthew's on the way. <laughs> Take all defensive responsibility away. Forget it. So the Leafs have ten for... Anyway. And and so then... so then That's their identity. What, they score goals. But, but, but Steve... Will the fourth line be as effective this season and beyond? Oh, you God. Because that question was being asked a lot. I don't think I care. I think I think if Kyle Dubas and Mike Babcock can't figure out a fourth line, then maybe this isn't the business for them. You hey, know what you might be seeing? <laughs> it is your least important line. For the love of God, get it right. We might be seeing the Leafs be ahead of everyone. Because this has never been done. No one's ever played their par- players this month. No one's ever put this much emphasis on offense. Yeah. They just might be ahead of the curve on the way hockey is going. And this focus on offense and your top players just giving them everything. And then maybe in a couple of years when they have a couple of Stanley Cups on their fingers? Who knows? I hope so. You know? As for their defense, uh, Morgan Riley is like one of the best defensive contracts in the NHL. It's freaking amazing. Um, Sandin's going to make the team. I don't know if it's going to be this year or next. Lily Grin's going to make the team. I don't know if it's going to be this year or next. Uh, I saw a projection. I can't remember who it's from, uh, where Travis Dermott's going to make 3.5. He has not cracked 20 points yet, so I think Travis Dermott would take that. Mm -hmm. Um, How is he going to make 3.5? If it's on, a, if it's a long term deal, then I could see it. But other, yeah, if you give him like eight years, I don't know. Then he's just yeah. I don't yeah. think so. Can I think they keep he... Muzzin? Maybe. I, I don't know. Can they keep Barry? Hopefully. I don't know. But your top four, or there's there's four. Mm-hmm. Basically, in terms of what they have to figure out, I don't think it's as huge and as catastrophic as people are no saying. No, it yeah. was huge and catastrophic when Hainsey and Zaitsev were your top two right handed guys. 
Yeah. That was huge and catastrophic. Like, I know at the beginning of the summer, I was really down on the Leafs heading into the season, but the thing I can't get past, you know, despite my worry about Cody Ceci, despite my worry about that third pair, dude, Tyson Berry's on the team now. Yeah. And the Leafs haven't had a right-handed defender of his quality ever. Possibly ever. Ever. So, yeah. I, it's well, not and bleak. Also, remember that Tyson Berry, Jake Muzzin, and Cody Ceci all come off the books next year, too. So if you want to re-sign Tyson Berry, there's your money. Could work. So beyond that, beyond that, it doesn't matter. Because guess what? The, re- the correct answer to that question is, how about we worry about this great season and this great hockey team? That's doesn't the correct feel, answer. Doesn't it feel so much easier to do? Yes. Just like, enjoy it. Like Who th- cares? This upcoming year, uh, uh, Muzzin's UFA, Berry's UFA. but CC UFA, U- tragically. Oh, yeah, you know. Uh, I can stomach that. I feel like most people have it in them to not worry about UFAs quite as much. T- you know, special cases, guys like Taylor Hall, the, if it's the best player on your you, team. If you enjoyed Kawhi, enjoy this. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed Kawhi, man. And, like, did anyone else feel like the he stay thing, like, that was just playful because we all sort of knew he wasn't? No, yeah, there's yeah. there's a there was good some hope. couple weeks there where we thought Toronto were the at the end. Is. Yeah, at the end, I yeah. legitimately thought, I thought staying. all of that was worth it. When all yeah. the insiders came out, they proved themselves not to be insiders because just, they did not yeah. know. Nobody knew what Kawhi was doing <laughs> yeah. throughout the season. Though all the he stays, I knew he wasn't staying. Yeah, but I we, thought they had a chance to win. Then we won the championship. Then we won we the championship. Was there. And I, I I still stand by. They won a championship. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. I want to get to something. UFAs are different. I think there's a new mood that we haven't had with this fan base in like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And it's we're actually focused on this upcoming season. There are two more UFAs that are the most important UFAs on this team. Who? Nathan Horton and David Clarkson. Oh, after this season. Because that means we can take on more contracts and get more assets that way. L-T-I-R, L-T-I-R. Hey, quickly, I want to mention this because we are... Uh, going to continue our conversation with women's hockey in just mm-hmm. a little second here with uh, Liz Knox with the hashtag for the game movement, PWHPA. Uh, that'll be in about five minutes. But what we need to talk about right now is something that Ray Ferraro tweeted out about Darren Drager. And yes. I want to I address this. He said, I'm waiting for all the guys who took pot shots at Darren Drager over Marner numbers in the past two weeks saying, geez, Dregs, you were right, including some of the media on Twitter. Easy to critique, quiet as a mouse when they're wrong. One, one more time. Yeah. I'm waiting for all the guys who took pot shots at Darren Drager over Marner numbers in the last two weeks to say, geez, Dregs, you were right. Including some in the media, on Twitter. Easy easy to critique. Quiet as a mouse when they're wrong. Ray and Darren's uh, podcast starts soon, by the way. Listen, um, was anyone, was that, was the critique there that the numbers were wrong and made up? I don't think anybody didn't believe him. I think everybody believed him, but I think the problem was... Was that the Thanks Paul stuff? Was the, was the Thanks Paul stuff that we all thought he was wrong? No, I don't think it was. What was it then, Steve? I think it was that it seemed fairly obvious to some that his source was within the Marner camp. Yes. And like we talked about, how big is how big could the Marner camp possibly be? Right. So... The, the, I think where, where it lost it for me was the perception that he was advocating for. It, it was, for me, the, the perception that, and to be honest with you, 
No one was forcing him to tweet or say these things the way that he no, said them. And it sounds like so, it's gotten to him. And I, I, well, that's and that's a shame. Here's the problem: yeah, I don't is like that, that when I could criticize the method, I don't know him. He's I've heard he's a perfectly good human being. Never met him. We exchanged a nod once. Sure, <laughs> that was it. So I understand the part where, like, when you look at his mentions now. People are just shredding him personally, and it's a character assassination. They haven't stopped with the thanks, Paul. Yeah, and that's got to stop because honestly, when you when you shred someone's character, then it's personal. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to criticize their method, and in this case, um, we want to talk members of the media. Well, the ones that I've spoken to are sort of embarrassed for him mm-hmm. because of the way this was handled. You know, in not so many words, they said, "Well, it wouldn't have been me." Yeah. Well, and this and, also isn't the first time this has happened where people have wondered about the motives of his reporting. Like, here's here's a troll from 2012 uh, about the lockout because a lot of people thought he was really pro-league. Uh, why don't you stop working for TSN and take a job as the NHL's inside man full-time? And Dreg, uh, Dreger responded, classy. Uh, that troll's uh, handle was uh, Kyle Ocpozo. Uh, was... was yeah, that's, that's weird. It sounds familiar. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back in the day, the pension plan puppets, I think it was Skinny Fish, said he should just change his Twitter account to shit my cousin says uh, d- during the Nonus era. Right. It's not that we think he's wrong. No, we uh, we actually, I think the reason he trends countrywide when he comes out with information like that, which is what he did, yeah. is because we know it's correct from one side. Well, and this is the thing. And, like, I, he's got sources just like sure anybody else. It's just you got, I think you got to be a little bit more stealth about it, right? But I mean, he he's also he could tell me and everyone else to fo because he's, I'm not Darren Dreger. Darren Dreger makes a lot more money than me. He's had a longer career totally, than me, and that's been more and, successful than me. But there maybe is, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, okay. But I think okay when you step into a room and a bunch of people and and a hundred people in the room say, ah, that was questionable move, Steve. At a certain point, like you can, he can, they can tweet at me, they can be angry at me, they can subtweet or whatever. I won't criticize the person because I don't know the person. And frankly, I'm sure he's a great guy. But the fact is, you lost me when you started to mimic or and or advocate, which is how I took it, quite frankly. And which is how most of Leafs Nation took it, by the way. It looked like that. Well, and like, it sounded like that. This is a tweet from a few months ago. More, and this is from Dreger. More aggressive extension talk between Leafs and Mitch Marner yesterday. An expectation is more to come today. A three-year and five-year brackets. Matthews likely best fit for Marner. Like all of the top RFA players, other scenarios in play as well. Did you need a reminder that Matthews' deal was five years? I knew. I think most fans like what? What was? Mm-hmm. What was the purpose of that inclusion? <laughs> that seemed puzzling to me, and it seemed puzzling to me for months. I don't know. I think criticism is warranted, um, but not assa- not character assassination. No, yeah. So if you're, you're going to give it, you got to be able to take it. I don't like when people get their feelings hurt. I, I, can we move on? Yeah. Did the media Everybody. cover the whole contract situation incorrectly? Should they I think like everybody. everybody? That, yeah, it seems like it was kind of fungled. I, I think the like that. I think that there. I think that you had an agent who was leaking information to reporters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And I think you had an agent that wanted this. Should they? Should people who received the information have said, "No, I'm not going to go with this," or just not tweet it well, out? Well, they did. Yeah. It just wasn't that one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did do that. the The thing about 
Dude, it's this, always awful with this, this agent. Yes, of yeah. course. It's always the awful. thing is, is that this agent has a, a manifesto. This is what this agent does. And the problem is that he followed it to a T. We all saw it coming. We even knew that he would threaten to go to Europe. And guess what he did? Mm. And when you get a source. <laughs> still crazy. When you get a source. We called it, dude. It's still crazy we that that happened. It. Everyone, hey, yeah. get your Zadina Zurich uh, oh, jerseys now. Get them can't now. Wait. The point I'm trying to make here is that you have to cross-reference. Your source can't just be one thing. You have to cross-reference, or at least that's what I was told for the little I know about journalism. And guys did. Darren Ferris was not talking to just one reporter. Uh -huh. Period. There's just not. No. He just There was multiple reporters, but there were guys that were like, going to hold back on that. Don't know if I can verify that from the other side. Right. And that's that's the difference. And come at me. Be pissed off at me. Don't like it. I still follow Darren Dreger, still interested in what he has to say because I believe he's legitimately connected. He is. Of he's course, pro he's of proven course. that. And by the way, people were like, well, uh, Freed broke it 10 seconds before Dreger did. Whatever. Whatever. They both broke the fucking I mean, story. Nobody yes broke something no. this big. Yes and no. Like, he basically, he said... He, Could happen tonight, might, might yeah, not Yeah, probably six years, don't know when it's going to happen, then Freed said, done, done. Yeah. So if you want to go by done, done, it was Freed, but like... By 30 seconds. Yeah. And who cares? Uh, or you could go, CJ said it sure. could happen today. And you know what? I want to give then... CJ a shout out because he came on this show mm -hmm. after the season ended. And this is exactly what he predicted would happen. He said, Marner will be signed by Kim. Yeah. Oh, oh Marner will be he signed He said, by this Kim. will happen. It did. And when you look at it going backwards, we should have seen this coming. Like, knowing Mitch Marner and who he is and the team and everything, we should have known he'd be ready at training camp. It's and uh, I, I could see him waiting till October 1st. At least for the season. Sure. Yeah. We, sh we should have never thought that he would sit out any game. Because there couldn't. was no winning for that side if that ever happened. Yeah. If he missed a single the game of the regular season. Yeah. And well, they, the Leafs were in a hole where they had only amount of money. He was in a hole where he's not going to sit out any regular season games. Or and like make... It's 100, uh, 150,000 playing yeah. for Zurich. Yeah, that's great. The, <laughs> Just, <laughs> <laughs> we should have uh, seen this coming. Uh, oh, the PR thing today, like, oh, he turned down the offer sheets because he loves Toronto, and we're all just going, ah, oh, blah, 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 who mm. cares? I don't doubt the, that, by the way. I mean, either. I think but, that's exactly why he turned them down, because he wants to play here. Yeah, but also... That's not news. At the same time... <laughs> <laughs> but the the one thing about it that is positive PR to me is the fact that it got done before he missed any games. He's going to be in their first preseason mm -hmm, game mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow? Today. Yeah. Today? What day is today? Oh, I can't wait. They, to watch tweet, out, they tweet out the lineup. I'll check if he's in. Oh, okay. And let us... I thought let, it was tomorrow. Let us no, maybe have it Okay, wrong. please Whatever. continue. Please continue. Oh, my, my bad. Anyway, he's, he's not missing a single exhibition game. Tuesdays. Uh, all, yes. all that stuff about him legitimately loving hockey and not True. being able to... To stay away from it seems true. And I love that the best parts of Mitch Marner that I believe in seem to be true. He seems like a that. great guy. Yeah. And this is what I said before. Mitch Marner. Love the player. Hate the deal. Did you see the uh, the meme? You're not a bad player. <laughs> or no, you are bad contract. Well, you're not a bad player. Exactly. And yeah. you know what? It's not even that bad of a deal. The end is... We get to watch Mitch Marner play hockey in his prime in a Leafs jersey, and that's the way it should be. Cannot so, wait. We're done with this, but we do have more RFA talk. But first, we've got to talk to Liz Knox. We're going to bring her yes. on. She's part of the PWHPA, um, and we're going to contextualize this a little bit more with her when we get her on the phone here because this is a really important thing. These women are the best women in women's hockey. 
and they are sitting out. They are refusing to play for the one women's professional hockey league. And we're going to talk to her about why and what they're doing instead. So we're bringing on Liz Knox from the PWHPA, hashtag for the game. You can check out PWHPA.com. Now, if you don't know Liz, she's a professional women's ice hockey goaltender. Uh, She was a member of the Canadian National Women's Ice Hockey Team that captured gold at the 2011 Winter. uh, How do you spell it? How do you say this? Universiad? You got it. Is that is that right? Oh my god. Okay, I didn't know how to say that. And you were also selected 18th overall in the 2011 CWHL draft. Thank you, Liz, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. No I don't tell too many people that 18th overall. That's a little embarrassing. Is that embarrassing? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, if I could have been top 20 at anything, like I just think back to when I got picked at dodgeball, and it was second to last <laughs> or last. I'm not gonna lie, 18th would have been great. Yeah, <laughs> but embarrassing to who, Liz? I mean, your career worked out. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it was a, it was a good run. It was a good time. Yeah, the only thing it should embarrass is the scouts. Yeah, <laughs> come on now. Oh, you guys are too nice to me already. Trying. So, and let me let me just say this. So you're you're a, you're a member of the PWHPA, and and this I'm going to quote directly from your website. But we want to kind of get into this because we're trying to understand the story that you guys, uh, or the struggle that you guys are going through. And sort of the story that's unfolding in front of us. So the PWHPA is, according to the website, composed of the best women's hockey players from around the world. They represent all levels of experience, Olympic medalists, world champions, veteran professionals, and recent college graduates. College, excuse me, graduates. The PWHPA will help our members by coordinating training needs, optimi- optimizing their opportunities, and driving support from sponsors. Which I think that last one's sort of key, right? Because it's about a livable wage. Yes. Exactly. Right. Yep. So can you tell us a little bit about the Dream Gap Tour? Because obviously you guys have said, and you said this months ago, we're taking a step back. Um, you know, women's hockey needs to correct itself. And we want to talk to you about that vision in a second. But tell us a little bit about the Dream Gap Tour, going to different cities, showcasing talent. Yeah, the Dream Gap Tour is um, basically just that. It's highlighting the fact that, you know, when I was um, graduating from preschool, which is, you know, over 25 years ago now. <laughs> us too. <laughs> Um, you know, I said I wanted to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs because that's the hockey that I had access to, and that was professional hockey, and I wanted to be a pro hockey player. Um, and the dream gap is about the fact that you could probably find a young girl, you know, similar to my upbringing, and if you ask her where she wants to play hockey, you know, there's a good chance she wants to play in the NHL. Yeah. And um, it's basically bridging that gap. Let's Let's create something that young girls have to aspire to because, you know, we, we know the benefits of sport and staying in sport, and we know that females drop off, um, you know, at, at two to three times the rate that boys do around the age of 14. And so why is that, right? And, and the reality is that there's no longevity for it. So, you know, especially when you're in those pivotal teenage years and you're trying to figure yourself out, like, you know, if I can't make money doing it, why would I keep doing it, right? So right. it's about... Just uh, bringing visibility to our sport and, and, you know, creating that dream for the next generation. And, you know, it's important because as as a female athlete, especially in hockey, because, you know, in tennis, golf, um, even with basketball, there are female athletes you can look, to, look up to if you're a young girl and and say, that's who I want to be. But you said it well at the at the beginning because it's you said I want to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. There was no Toronto team that would have supported you, and 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 that's that's sort of the issue here is that um, it's not it, it's it's representation and beyond that it's showcasing of talent because quite frankly my first as just personally my first um, exposure to to women's hockey was when I was ten and the women's team won uh, it was it was gold at Nagano wasn't it or was it silver. 
uh, Nagano was silver, Salt Lake That's they right. won gold. But it was Nagano for me. You know, so Drew Lay and Wickenheiser and, and Campbell and all, you know, all of the great players that were on that team. And so, you know, it's important for us to grow up and understand and know and, and be able to relate to people that we, that we can recognize ourselves in, correct? Yeah, and I think um, Mel DeRoche, who's a, a player on Montreal, she said it perfectly. She said, um, the, by the time I got to see my heroes play live, they were my teammates. Wow. And I think yeah, that's, see? like, bone-chilling, right? Like, you grow up, and, and, you know, we're not far off in age, and the first time I saw women talk on TV, yeah, I was, you know, 12, 13 years old, and I only got to see it once every four years. So it wasn't really a dream of mine to play at the Olympics because I didn't even know – you know, I had no idea how to even make it happen. So, I mean, I kept playing because I loved it, but it it's just not uh, it's not as concrete as as the guys have it. And yeah, you, you grow up and you finally make it seem that you're you know is you feel like you're at the pinnacle of your career and you're looking across the dressing room and you're seeing Jana Hefford or yeah. Lori Dupuis, you know, these people that I grew up idolizing. So, with the Dream Gap Tour, you guys are going to different cities and you're playing games, correct? Yeah. That's cool. So t- tell us a little bit about that, because that's got to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think uh, it'll bring a product of women's hockey that we haven't seen yet. Um, you know, the rivalry series last year was a huge success, uh, Canada-U.S., but, you know, that's a story that we keep seeing, Canada-U.S., Canada-U.S. So um, it's taking those rosters and, you know, the elite-level player from that's an, a non-national team member and fresh out of college and putting them all in the mix and, it's not Canada versus USA. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's white Navy, and you're going to see some names that you know, and you, you recognize the numbers on the back of their jersey, but they're on a line with somebody that you've never seen them on a line with before. And it's, uh, it'll be a lot of fun to see, but also, you know, the days um, leading up to it and, and our time off in between, it'll be about connecting in those communities and just educating, um, you know, fans and parents on why we're doing what we're doing and, and why it's important for them. I got it. In looking at the website, by the way, you can grab tickets to this and you can check it out when it's going to come to your town. Uh, and I encourage you to do so. PWHPA.com. Uh, one of the things that the website doesn't say, Liz, and this is what we really want to ask you about today, um, is there's no stated goal, at least none that I could find beyond this season. As in with the PWHPA, what is the long term plan? Yeah, I mean, we want to see a professional league. We want to see um, women able to make a livable wage so that they can train full-time. And our Olympic athletes right now can do that to an extent, but, you know, a lot of them are still in careers. Um, and we just don't have that right now. So in terms of your timeline question, um, you know, I, I hope it doesn't take us much more than this year. Um, but who knows? We're, we're, you know, started off, we're four months in. Um, we've seen some incredible support from you know, NHL franchises and some major sponsors really stepping up and believing in our mission. Um, and I think that's a good indication that, you know, this, this isn't a forever thing. But um, if you guys know the, the PLL at all, you know, very similar to what they're doing is they're, they're taking their product on the road and hitting these communities and, um, you know, just trying to build a little bit of momentum uh, to, to see that revenue and to see that, uh, that buy-in um, from the market because, you know, it, it's women's hockey, but it's hockey, you know, and hockey fans are hockey fans, just like soccer fans are soccer fans. And I think that's one place where one area that we're a little behind in right now is that, um, you know, our, our fan base is growing, but we could be supporting it a little bit better. 
There was a, a flurry of news uh, sort of all at once, and I was blindsided by all of it. Uh, one was the, the CWHL uh, saying they were going to close shop, and then a lot of people posted the uh, you know for the game sort of manifesto there on Twitter and on Instagram. What was the week or month leading up to that like? Other than like absolutely zero sleep. Yeah, what can you remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, um, like, it It really shook us. We, as players, we had no indication that the CW was in that kind of dire situation that we would have to shut the doors. And, uh, you know, it was, it was shocking. And um, it was kind of an organic thing that just happened. It was, I mean, I tell the story, you know, the, the league shut down and two days later, um you know, our girls are over in Finland playing at the World Championship. Mm-hmm. And the day before Canada plays U.S., they have both full rosters in a boardroom discussing what are we going to do? Like, what what are we going to do about pro hockey? And wow. in, like, you know, 24 hours, they're going to rip each other's throats out on the ice. <laughs> so, like, if there's any indication of, you know, how how important this is to our players, like, that's it. So it was it was an organic movement that just kind of happened. And it was, um, you know, the leadership that stepped up and, and familiar faces and voices that we've seen advocating for women's sport in general. Um, yeah, it just kind of came together and it wasn't, we didn't have time to think about it. Honestly, it was, what are we going to do first? And, you know, and then it was next step, next step, next step. And it's just been uh, that way kind of all summer. It, it was a, it was a boiling point, right? There was really nowhere else to go. That's exactly it. You know, we felt like the CWHL, the the quality of the hockey that was on the ice was the best I had seen, and I my first Clarkson Cup was in 2011. So, you know, the better part of a decade, and the product was growing, the fan base was growing, we're seeing a lot more interest generated. Um, and so, I, you know, by all indications, I, I thought we're, you know, we're set. We're, we're making the strides that we needed to see, and then it was like, bam door shut right so um i think that you know one of the positive takeaways from it is one of the areas that we struggled in was was getting sponsorship getting big sponsorship dollars you know not just a bucket of pucks here and some water bottles there but getting some real dollars and and people who understand that you know the values that we're portraying here are inherent in their corporate values well and it's, um, sorry oh sorry please continue sorry. no go ahead go ahead well and i mean it just to that point Sportsnet broadcast the Clarkson Cup, and I believe it hit 150,000 viewers. Is the most it was watched, a lot. yeah, like yeah. outside of the Olympics that we'd ever seen. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing though that that I think has given people a lot of questions is the fact that you're sitting this year out, and you know, they look at it and go, "What do you mean? There's no other place to go. The NWHL exists." And so I, I have to ask. You know, if we're talking about sustainable women's hockey, what is it about the NWHL that you guys are are just it doesn't drive you? Do what's the what's what is the situation there? Well, especially in the Canadian markets, you know, we had discussions with the NW early on and their and their players' association just to understand, you know, what are our what are our employment like? What's our visa going to look like? Can I still work for full time up here? Do I have travel insurance? Do I have health insurance on the ice? You know questions that really impact your playing experience and we we didn't get the answers so it, was time, it was it that they didn't get back to you or was it that they just didn't know they just didn't know hmm. and so and they would already you know announced their expansion into toronto and montreal 
So it was like, well, if you're going to expand into these markets, shouldn't this be some of your research that you've done ahead of time? And, you know, that's a red flag to our players. And, you know, we've seen, we saw what happened in the first year with the NWHL when they had to cut the salaries by 64%, which is another red flag. And it just seemed like, it seemed like a too good to be true option. And as we started to dig and ask more questions, um, you know, practicing once a week and playing one game a week to us after coming out of the CWHL where we're practicing two to three times a week, be able to lift with our teammates, getting two games in a weekend, um, you know, it was a big hit for us in terms of our development on the ice. And then, you know, if the expansion doesn't happen, well, how am I going to travel to Buffalo or New York every weekend for one game and I'm working still full-time up here? It's just, you know, it. I commend their efforts, and I, and I appreciate the fact that these things take work. But I'm coming from a place where I've already been here and I've already been doing this work, and I don't want to have to do the work again. You know, let's, let's really make this full stride forward, and, and that's what the PWHPA is set to do. So, so even if the insurance thing had been worked out, like it, it's still just not even close to a viable option, right? Well, it's, I mean, you're, you're playing one game a weekend. Right. Like that's not enough hockey. I mean, right. we're 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 addicts here. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I guess the 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 question then becomes: Okay, well, yes, you're only playing once a week, and yes, you're only practicing once a week. But the revenue dictates a lot of that. And having you guys sit out, and this is a a, a criticism that I've seen, having you guys sit out, how will that grow? That you know, like if you guys were all playing, not necessarily this season. But if it was building, if it, you know, because there's always been this chasm in women's hockey. It's the NWHL, the CWHL. Now it's the PWHPA and the NWHL. And you may not look at it like that, but the, it, it's there are two distinct parties every time. Mm-hmm. And and so what what do you say to those people that say, well, wait a second here, the revenue hasn't justified more than one game and more than one practice a week. Well, I would say the well, first thing is that uh, you know we would be in a one league situation had the NWHL never started. And if we're in a one-league situation, that I mean, that whole thing, I don't know if people know this. No, please explain that. This. Explain that, for sure. So the CWHL started in 2007, and the NWHL was basically born. It was an idea that we would expand into the states. And so, you know, there was meetings had and, and information given, and then come the fall, the NWHL started up. So, I mean, that's that's out of my wheelhouse that's not an issue that i have to deal with but that's now we're in a two-league situation many people think that we've always been in a two-league situation interesting um we haven't so the fact that you know you have cwhl players and there's loyalties on both sides don't get me wrong i mean you know there's people that would never play cw and, and i understand and respect that and there's cwhl players that would never play nw so there is this dichotomy that's growing but um, you know, the intentions of the CWHL were always to build it to a point that they could no longer, uh, you know, that, that it was it had outgrown them and, you know, and pass it off to somebody who would inherit the business and, and push it forward the next step. Um, so a few little speed bumps along the way and a few roadblocks along the way for sure. But if you look at any successful sport on TV, um, you know, the World Juniors, let's say. It's it's a hockey tournament. It's a hockey tournament that's been going on for decades that we only know about because TSN saw it and said, you know, it's Christmas time, we're with our families, and we're Canadians. We love hockey. And at the time, it was extremely cheap programming. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you look at the early 90s clips of the World Juniors, there's like two rows of seats. Nobody exactly. Nobody went to them. 
And and now you look at it and look at what what it's become, right? But it yeah. takes the investment of somebody who's done it, who's been there, and we just haven't seen that women's hockey yet. And and a hundred percent. And I guess I guess the, the the thing that people struggle with, Liz, is that um, you know they they see from the outside. Um, they they may not know the history between the two leagues, but also they see the outside and they say, well, okay, wait a second, you've got a league here that's founded by women, and women are refusing to play in it. And there is the is the alternate to go, okay, well, because this is this is what people are saying. I'm not saying that this is your goal, but a lot of people are speculating that the hope with the PWHPA is that the NHL steps in if the NWHL folds, creates its own league, and much like the NBA did with the WNBA, creates a, a sustainable model. And I guess... You know, what would you say to people who say, well, wait a second, you've got a league already. Yes, there's history. Yes, there were some bad things that happened. But at what point do you come together and say, OK, forget it. Let's put it aside. Let's even change the name. Who cares? But let's move forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's impossible. I think um, if we take out the whole, you know, the gender of everything and, and who started what, um, I, I personally believe there's a bigger divide between people who think that women's hockey needs a bigger body to step in and support, and there's the people that believe they don't. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that they don't, but it's going to take a lot longer because that's what the CWHL was. Right. Okay. Right? And, and is it your goal to have, is it the, the unstated goal of the PWHPA to have the NHL step in and have a similar setup with the WNBA? Uh, you know, not specific to the NHL. Okay. But we need the support of people who've been there, done that. That's, right. That's inherent. Uh, you know, that's a belief that I have um, for exactly the same reason I just said. Like, it, we could do the CWHL all over again. And, you know, there's certainly a lot of pride in, in starting something from the grass, you know, grassroots up, but it takes a lot of time. And the people that, you know, I surround myself with, we've already put in our 15 years. You have. So yeah. are we going to wait another 15 years and sit and have this conversation again? I hope not. So it, it was a matter of, well, the CWHL obviously closed up shop. So that, I mean, I guess that made that fairly simple. And then you're looking at the NWHL. So re regardless of the fact that the league is there, it's just it's just not good enough, and and so you're looking for major major uh, start over change. Yeah, and and I don't think it's um, you know they're doing a lot of good things. The NHL has has things that are different than what the CWHL was at you know five years into their inception. But the fact of the matter is, it feels the same. And for player experience and you know watching history recreate itself. You know, our thing when the CWHL folded was, okay, we can take a sidestep and go back to something that we're familiar with, something that we're comfortable with, and make, you know, 2500 bucks for the year, and I'll keep working my full-time job, and, you mm -hmm. know, we have girls that have started families, or let's take a step back, let's be a little bit more accountable for our actions, and it's hard, man. Like, oh, I can only you're talking about the best players in the world saying they would rather not play hockey this year to try to create something bigger than go and, and play hockey. It, we're right. athletes, you know what I mean? It's, it's in our blood to want to play the sport that we love. So uh, I, I understand, you know, a lot of criticism has been, oh, they're taking a year off, they're taking the easy way out. But like, man, I've put in more work in the last four months than I ever did as an athlete. <laughs> And it, it's all just to create something not for me. It's it's for the next generation. And 
we want it to happen sooner. Yeah, I, I assume you didn't get into athletics for the uh, paperwork. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, 30 emails a day. I like no, that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's gross, isn't it? <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> I, I feel you there. What's what's something you've learned through uh, this this sort of part of the process, this behind the scenes, you know, organization, everything? Oh my gosh, where do I even start? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's been, um, you know, a lot of communication and a lot of making sure that uh, you trust the people you're working with. And that's one thing that uh, I've been really, you know, inspired by. Um, meeting people like Kendall Coyne, um, who, you know, like, I'm still a fan of women's hockey, and she just absolutely killed the NHL All-Star weekend. So good. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So, you know, being on the phone with her and, and getting to know the people that we have on the board and um, people that I was able to bring on from the CWHLPA and, you know, it's not just players too. It's it's our general managers and um, you know figureheads that have been around the game that you know they're knocking our door just saying how can I help? And I think that's one thing that has been really inspiring to me. And when I have my days, and I do have my days where I'm like you know just absolutely exhausted and why am I doing this? Um, you know, there's a handful of reasons and and just looking across the table. What does a league that you think everyone will get behind look like? Is it just full-time jobs? Is it a TV contract? Like, what, is, what does that league look like? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, the, the broadcasting is a huge part of it. Um, it's, it's not worth creating something if nobody can see it. And, mm. you know, it was disappointing in, in one of our last, you know, last years of the CWHL to still have fans be like, oh, I didn't know there was women talking in Toronto. Like, that's a huge accessibility issue um, and one that we have to break down. Uh, definitely the livable wages. Um, you know, even just, I was fortunate when I played in Markham, you know, we had a locker room. Um, our third goalie, you know, completely constructed herself, and we all helped her put it together. So it was, you know, it was amazing. But a lot of the teams didn't even have a, a home room to go to. Mm-hmm. So you're you're carrying your bag to and from practice. And, you know, I've, I mean, I've played, I've played games against teams that we had to, sh- you know, share the showers after the game, like share bathrooms after Jeez. the game. It's just, you know, it's, it, we did a good job of faking it while we were there, but it's not professional. And, and I think it's everything that, you know, you, you would think of as professional. You show up and you have, you know, tape and bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's little things. And then it's also the big things, you know, livable wage so that our girls can train full time. Uh, what's what's your reaction to the uh, the news that the NWHL has partnered uh, with Twitch? Because obviously, I don't know a ton about the deal. I don't know how much money it's worth, but to me, it it's a really neat outside the box uh, idea that uh, if it works for them, it could work for anybody, anyone yeah. down the line potentially. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, anytime you can you can get your product to viewers. Uh, it's a good deal, and, and I'm with you. I don't know the ins and outs of it. Um, you know, it being an, an e-gaming uh, site, you know, maybe it works for them. Um, I, I honestly don't know enough about it, but it's the same, you know, if, if your game's on YouTube, well, yeah, it's accessible, but, you know, are people going to go out of their way to watch it? I don't know. So we had uh, Anya Packer uh, on the last show uh, with the NWHLPA, God, there's so many letters. And um, <laughs> I'm just trying to get them all right. Getting things right is not my forte. Um, so one of the things she mentioned uh, was 
uh, it, or it alluded to anyway, it seemed to be a lack of communication between the fourth game movement and the NWHLPA. You know, one's a players association and the other is... An association of players. Uh, an association of players. <laughs> I think that's a good way of putting it. Uh, what has communication been like? I know you mentioned the uh, sometime around the formation of the for the game movement. Uh, you spoke. Well, what's the communication been like since then? Yeah, you know what? I think um, we had our conversation with the NWHLPA, and we had our conversations with the NA, uh, NWHL. You're right. See now, <laughs> even I'm stuffing it up. Right. That's uh, <laughs> what. <laughs> But um, like I said, I mean, we we had our questions and and they didn't have answers. And um, you know, we've sat around that table for long enough. I think is is the consensus. And um, at this point, having those further conversations are just not a priority to us. We have a lot of things going on, and you know, we've we've set our goals for this year, so we're going to keep keep plugging away. Is and, and I, I got to just be upfront with this because it seems this way on certain levels. And I, you for sure correct me if I'm wrong. Is there something personal between the movement and Danny Ryland? I've never met Danny Ryland, so I have nothing personal against. Oh him. no, yeah, and I, I don't mean, and I don't mean like. Sorry. I've never met Brad Marjan. I guess in a personal reference, I meant the way that they're conducting business. I think that's I could have worded that question better. Yeah, I, you know what? I don't know. It's it's hard to say because as a commissioner of a league. I mean, you guys know this. <laughs> you're never going to be everyone's favorite. No, right? you got to be slippery. You're lucky if you're, you know, 50% of everyone's favorite. So, um, as a figurehead, you take the heat of of things that go wrong, and you take, you know, the glory of things that go right. So, that's just kind of inherent in, in the position that she holds, and you know, that's it is what it is. So then, let me ask you this: better question. If she was not a part of the picture, would this picture look a lot different? Tough to say. I don't, it, you know, it's the, it would depend on how much would change. Right. right. I mean, fundamentally, there's still so many things about uh, the league that don't, don't put us on the path of, of creating this sustainable future, you know, in the next five years. So with that, then, um, you know, to me anyway, and I, I don't know what you know. So you may have this other complete bomb that you're going to drop of information <laughs> later on, and you can go, ha, see, knew I had something. And that's, so just know that before I ask this question. It should okay? have had me on next week. But Yeah, exactly. But, but the, the way that seems perfectly obvious, and you don't have to confirm or deny this, to all of us is working with the NHL. And you said, you said it earlier in the interview, we got to work with people that have been there. The NHL has been taken a task over the last few years on its sluggishness on substance abuse, performance-enhancing mm-hmm. drugs, LGBTQ plus issues, and its stance on CTE. It's made up of 31 owners, uh, ma- majority men, unless they're a corporation, like in the Leafs case. They're business people, only interested in making money. Mm-hmm. Is there a chance that you can get these people who, I'm sorry to say, are not always known to be altruistic... <laughs> they're hard-hitting business people. It's why they've made so much money. Is it going to be a tough sell on a league that if you guys want to be paid a living wage, we're talking, I don't know, I don't even know what the number would be, but we all know what a living wage is, okay? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a tough sell? Or how are you going to sell these guys on a league that I think initially will lose money? I mean, I think, you know, your answer is in your question, right? They're... They're a league that 
first of all, we have to separate the league from the owners. Okay. And and there are good owners. They're, of course. They're, they're yes, they're businessmen, but they understand culture. Um, they understand creating positive culture, and they understand what creating positive culture can do for business. And if you want to talk about you know their support of LGBTQ communities, let's say, or um, you know the the list that you named off, support women's hockey. Mm-hmm. And you know there's your there's a whole market of people that you you know you can hit that you haven't yet. And uh, you so know, you're saying it it's a PR a, it's a PR win, and it's also great for the culture. There you go. Right. And okay. yes, I mean financially, will it be a hit for them in the beginning? Most likely. Um, if it's something they believe in, they won't let it fail. Right. And if it's something they believe in, they'll do it. Amazing. Well, see, this is this is why I wanted to ask that question because you know it's a it's an important question to ask when in your, whenever you're in. And I don't want to call this a, a labor dispute because that's not what it is. We're talking about a full course change here. Um, it's it's pretty unique. Yes, I would yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is the kind of stuff like if you go back in the history of the NHL, and the whole reason the NHL formed is because everybody hated in the original league. And I couldn't even tell you what the acronym for that is, because we've had way too many acronyms thrown at us. <laughs> the owner from Toronto, of all places, was the one that pissed everybody off. So, the, so all the other owners said, you know what, we're out of here. And they formed their own league, and that league was called the NHL, and that's how they started it. And they left out this guy from Toronto. Um, this is, and, and, and if that happened today, oh my God, what a crazy course correction, but it was this <laughs> tiny little league back then. This is one of those things where I think we look back in 100 years and go, that's akin to what's happening right now. We've got a league in its genesis. We're just waiting to see how that forms. And I, I couldn't agree with you more, honestly. And I, I read, um, you know, a few months ago, a, a, an article on Ted Lindsay, and I was like, I'm reading my life right now. Like, <laughs> I, like I'm, you know, we're losing players because they have to go get jobs. You know, they they can't keep playing hockey, mm-hmm. and and they're not being protected here, and. You know, it's not worth their time or, you know, their health to be out on the ice and get a concussion and then, you know, try to figure out how to go to work the next day. So it's like, yeah, we're, and this is this is part and parcel of, you know, women's hockey is on the grand scheme of things very young. But like you say, you know, what side of history do you want to land on? Because you're looking at it right now. <laughs> and just to give a little bit more ho- hope and context to the story, it took six years for the ABA and the NBA to merge finally to the NBA that we know today. And in between that time in 72, the U.S. Senate had a bill to pass to allow the merger. So it took wow. Congress to get involved just for two well, weeks to get together. Yeah. And look at so. the, well, the American <laughs> League and the uh, 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 oh my god, National, like, League. National League yeah. merged. It was uh, the AFL and the NFL. Mm-hmm. They uh, or yeah, AFL and was it it was yeah. NFL right? So there's a, this is, there, there's precedence for this. It's just a matter of coming together. And what what we can say, Liz, is first off, we really genuinely appreciate your time and, and your candor on all of these subjects because quite frankly, we came into this with no agenda other than to find out your side and and you know as and i don't mean to make this too personal i'm the father of a young daughter if she gets into sports when she's older the only thing i want her to be able to do is look up to people that she can recognize and identify with and so we do hope that whether it's the two sides coming together whether it's something completely new uh all we want is for this to work so we wish you the best of luck with it 
Oh, I really appreciate it, guys, and uh, thanks for your time, and thanks for, you know, helping us educate on uh, what we're doing and why we're doing it. One last thing. When this is all said and done, are you going to get back in net or be in some other role? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going back in net? <laughs> what? You're done? I've had enough hockey this summer for the rest of my life. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm, I'm happy to change hats a little bit and, uh, uh, you know, put my efforts elsewhere. So it was a, it was an incredible career and uh, met a lot of amazing people along the way, but excited to see where the next chapter leads. <laughs> okay, cool. okay. All right. Sorry, follow-up question. I know we're supposed to wrap this up. Okay <laughs> there, Iceberg. Yeah, I know, I know. Liz, are you more coach or GM? Oh, Probably more GM. Whoa! All right. Yeah. Always logged into franchise mode on NHL 20. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me if I could come out to your Sunday night league or something. No, well, we can well, use that. Uh, you can. <laughs> like, for sure you can. Hey, do you want to come play with us? We have this big charity tournament coming up. We could really use some goaltending. <laughs> yeah, man, hit me up. Hit me up. Well, again, like we said, we we genuinely appreciate your side. Understand all not all the questions are easy. Uh, but respect and uh, and are obviously rooting for you guys as well. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. So true story. Last night I was reaching out to the members of uh, our the two teams that we set up last for year. For the Easter Seals. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the goalie for the other team pulled out. <laughs> so well, uh, uh, how about uh, uh, we're taking Liz? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Wait. No, our team gets Liz. Yeah, our team gets Liz. Steve. Oh, oh. No matter what, oh, whatever yeah. goalie you've promised no, can I play don't care. for us, we're bumping them. Yeah. Oh, we're taking the good one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We're team one, so we're getting the goalie, okay? For God's sakes. Listen. <laughs> Give us Liz. Listen, we're signing her to, we're saying she signed to a contract that she has not even seen. <laughs> also, since we're here, if everybody wants to go to my Twitter profile and click on the uh, pin tweet, and please donate to my uh, Easter Seals uh, donation page. That would be very helpful. I am trying to raise uh, $3,500 this time go. around. I That's like pretty that. good. I was trying, to, I was trying to hit that number for me. I'm Thank trying you. to hit 50000 because I'm unreasonable. <laughs> so help Jesse get to $3,500. No, no, I'm going to do, do 2000 2000 Two Make a reason. A little, a little more We'll reason. keep her going. You're 2, still, 000. I think you're top 10 in the tournament. Really? On account of we're two months out. Yeah. Most people haven't signed up yet. I've, I've raised $105 so far, and we're going to try and hit $2,000. So there, there you go. go. Excellent. And you want to hit 50000 I want to hit 50000 because I don't, I don't care. Adam, what's your number going to be Let's this time it. around? Uh, what did I do last year? Three? I think you did, you you did, did quite you did a bit. Well. You almost hit like 5000 yeah, you did you overall. Well, then yeah. I guess I should set it for, at five, right? Should I do five? Sure. Yeah. Five grand. Set it for right. five. Five you grand. I haven't set really my well. profile yet, but I will. All right. Your profile. So, and like I did last year, I'll give it about two weeks. People can't. <laughs> so people can't donate to your profile. Not right yet, now. because all I right. haven't set it up yet. So send all your money for Adam to me or Steve. <laughs> I sent you an email last night. You did. Yes, it did. You did. But I have what's called a baby. And <laughs> what happened with that? And I'm not making excuses. No. I'm just saying I fell asleep. Uh, CelebrityHockeyClassics.com, the Eric Lindros Celebrity Hockey Classic. In support of Easter Seals, which support, supports kids with physical disabilities. There you go. Yes. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Yes. You yes. know, like I, I have to tell you. When I was when I was setting up for that interview, um, I think there were there were a lot of things about this. And a couple episodes ago, I said them, and I got heat <laughs> for it. But a lot of the questions that I wanted answers to are there. I mean, yeah. it's it's you know we understand now what the stated goal is. Although I really do think that they should put that on the website. Like, here's our goal. Yeah, you know, I think I think you know some I, of it is in the initial thing that they put out. Sure. 
but uh, it's also an ongoing and evolving fluid thing situation. But, so you can't just be like, well, refer to this. Well, I think that I think that saying, listen, the eventual goal here is to have a league isn't the worst thing. Maybe it does say that, and maybe and it does definitely say that in the manifesto. I just think it's really a. It was refreshing hearing her talk about it. Um, the the thing that I think I take away the most is that there was there seemed to be an openness with the pre-existing league that I didn't think was there. There seemed to be like, a, yeah, like listen, if if things changed a little bit, maybe we'd work, we'd look at something. Now I don't know that the NWHL could accommodate that. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't think the for the game movement is unreasonable. It's just the most refreshing thing. I think the thing what she said was um, when she said that league's not good enough. You know, like it sounded yeah. like they weren't willing to settle for going well, backwards. The NWHL. I can understand that having to build your own locker room that right. might be a problem. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. yeah, that's true. And like having to share the showers with the people. And I, under- and I understood that when she said, "I was like, okay, yeah. yeah. If yeah. I'm in that situation, yeah, I don't want to go back to the NWHL, and I want to build that. my own lead. Yeah. I got that. And like you know." Stuff like, well, you know, so what? You got a full time job. I work for a living. Yeah, you oh. didn't get run over by Hillary Knight yesterday. And also, like, can I just throw this? You can't out go there? to the Olympics, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not yeah. as talented. Right. Yeah. You're not. You don't have a gold medal to your name. And I, I would admit that I am not as talented. No. The thing is, is that <laughs> what people need to understand is, is when you have a high class talent like that, there is value to that. And as she said, and I thought the World Juniors thing was really important. They took one broadcaster to say, you know what, we're going to pick this up because it's Christmas and what the hell. And that's literally what TSN did. It was like, we're going to turn this into a thing because it's hockey programming over Christmas and it's easy for us. And it's turned into this massive phenomenon. I don't remember caring about the World Juniors until like high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Until it became a TV sport. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and what needs to happen. Mark Andre Fleury scored on himself <laughs> in those yeah. yellow pads. Oh my oh. god! <laughs> or, or, or whatever the next TV is, because to me, TV is universal. YouTube is TV. It's just a different screen. Yes, and, I've been yelling and screaming this for over a decade. Yeah. Now try explaining that to our broadcasting friends, and they do not get that. Yeah. But the uh, uh, the Twitch deal with the NWHL is an interesting one because it's hitting people where you want you want growth market eighteen thirty fours. You mm-hmm. want 1834s because they're the ones that'll be with you the rest of their lives. Yeah. And, and if you is... can hit them there, where they already are, like what I keep saying, we, we have this thing in media where we, they want to, uh, it's the bread analogy, which someone, someone, um, someone gave me the other day and I thought it was a really great analogy, so I'm going to quote them. Okay. But I won't say the name of the person that said this. They said, listen. It was Darren Dreger. No, it was not Darren Dreger. It was Darren Ferris. Ferris, Ferris yes. Da- yes. It was Paul Martyr. It was the, it was the Ferris wheel himself. <laughs> Um, no, it was, okay, so, the, so so what do you do, what do you do to sell a loaf of bread? How do you bring up the cost of a loaf of bread? Well, you make the bread and you try to jack up the price, but when no one buys it at your price, what do you do? Well, you buy, hopefully, the grocery store that it's sold in. You try it again. Mm, Still nobody. Then what do you do? Well, you buy the farms that the bread's made on. So you're buying the entire process of making the bread. You buy the ovens, you buy the, whatever it is it takes. Yeah. And then you buy up all the other farms. And then all of a sudden you can jack the price up because that's the only price people can pay. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what's happened with bread, believe it or not, in real life. In, with broadcasting. I always learn with Adam. With broadcasting, <laughs> for the longest time, the broadcasters owned, at least in Canada, the were cable, cable companies. Mm-hmm. They owned the bread. They owned the farm. And they own the store. Before that, there were four channels. 
Yeah. There was NBC, ABC, uh, CBS, and CBS, and then what was the other one? Uh, There's three big ones, and yeah, then well, NBC, ABC, and then your CBS, local and Fox was a little bit later on, yeah, but like, yeah. On. Anyways, and and there's public broadcasters, WNED yes. shoutouts. The point here is that broadcasters right now are still trying to control, like p- cable companies are still trying to be cable companies, right? They're still trying to be the guys that that give you service you the cable, and what's happened is the younger public has moved on. Huh. Yeah. And they are on Twitch and they're on YouTube and they're, I mean, we are a perfect example of that. We are a show that exists without a major network support and always have. We've been associated with a major network, but we have never been supported by one. We've always owned the show. Yes. And we will continue to own the show. We own all the rights. This is ours. The point I'm trying to make here is that if I think I have to applaud the NWHL for that Twitch deal because I think that's that's really, really smart. And, and maybe she, it can be a forerunner for something else. Yes, exactly. And I wonder if when people come together, it's like, okay, that's that's a part that's different. You know what I mean? That's the type of stuff that creates change. And and maybe if the NWHL is associated with this at the end of it, maybe it folds, maybe it doesn't. But when the players inevitably come together, because they have to, and they know that, both sides know that, whether it's a new league or this league, something like that is going to be really key. Something like that is going to change the game for them eventually making those games available and you know tsn when it started broadcasting uh the um uh the world juniors was a premium cable channel you paid an extra two dollars a month which my parents thought was outrageous that is outrageous but i wouldn't let them drop it because it's the only channel i used to watch i loved it right i think that it is very very interesting watching watching this happen because i think what we're seeing is history sort of unfolding right now and if you're not paying attention, yeah. I think you're missing out because yes. this is fascinating stuff mm-hmm. and we have no idea where it's going to go. The Eureka moment's coming. You think so? Uh, well, I, I don't think know. we're still going to I think it's going to take a while. No, yeah, it's going to take a while, but yeah. it's coming. Mm-hmm. And it's, I can picture it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, with, the, it's a little cruel to say, but like with the CWHL, there was always this, I'm fully rooting for you thing but i'm like how does this how does this well, happen? It, what I, how does I, this work i think i mentioned it last show saski and i interviewed cassie campbell pascal about it and she's yeah. like this can't work and she was on the board for the cwhl yeah and we like have. once a year we go hooray for the all-star game and it gets on tv and it does numbers and that's it jesse we have breaking news we have breaking news steve dangle you're gonna be the most happy about this breaking news Please read this tweet from our dear friend, reporter Chris, Chris Johnston. Oh, interesting. Okay. The NHLPA has decided not use... I think Chris might have misspelled his it's own okay. tweet. He the probably... NHLPA <laughs> has decided not to use its option to reopen the CBA. The current agreement now runs through September 15th, 2020. Two. Hey. Ah! <laughs> guys, guys, we're going to be okay for a little while longer. Yeah. But then we won't. But then we won't. <laughs> Shut up. Three <laughs> years is good. That sounds like three years from now's problem. You know, you know how much smaller my mortgage is going to be? 
Marginally. <laughs> it's uh, mostly interest. Mostly interest. It's, it's not going to move. Marginally. God you know, damn it. So, I hate this thing. You know, that gives us three years to warm up to the KHL or Swiss right. League, so we at least have something to fall back on. Yeah, and think of how many KHL teams will be uh, invented and disbanded uh, during that time. It's very interesting. I was listening to my favorite radio station and the best radio station in the city of Toronto. Oh, what TSN, were they saying on Sportsnet? TSN 1050. And I was listening to. I can't believe he's not saying Virgin Radio. Which <laughs> I don't know. I, do, Adam, like, I, I don't know how to feel about that. You can't really compete with uh, TSN 1050, the best radio station yeah. in the city of Toronto. Well, so I was listening to the best coverage, second to none. I was, best, I, was listen, I was listening to the best radio station in the city of Toronto, TSN 1050, and our dear friend Bob McKenzie was on it, and he was talking about Ooh. this this deal, and he was saying how if they opt in and they choose to reopen uh, the CBA and not to reopen the CBA, that they could still go back to the uh, the owner side, and they could negotiate a three or four year extension that would change some things in the current CBA and extend this this current agreement three or four plus years, so a total of seven or six years. So this wouldn't be CBA two; this would be CBA Vice City. Exactly one point five, Lion King one point five. Okay, yeah. interesting. I like that. Super yeah. Mario the Lost. So that's levels. also an option on in this agreement right now. But sure they seems more productive that. to do that than to sit out a season every time you want to change right. detail. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see if that if that comes to fruition. The by the way, uh, I want to say thank the Pure Later Truck for mentioning that they're they're driving by today. And by the way, they're hiring. They're them. hiring. They must know <laughs> hey, that they're on the show every time. It's starting to seem like it's a promo. I, oh, yeah. I I honestly think it is. I think they know. No, these windows are blacked out. You actually can't see. I've tried. You know, Jesse. You can't see from the other side. Mr. Logical. Yeah. So. I've shut tried. up. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> shout out to our YouTube audience, though. Shout never, out YouTube We never audience. shout them out enough. Oh, we don't. The people You're who right. watch on YouTube. Hey, bros and brats. <laughs> click like and subscribe. <laughs> well, look, like smash time. Yeah. Um, hey, so the fact that the other NHL GMs don't like the Marner deal, it's probably a good thing for the Leafs, eh? Good. That sounds like a, the rest of the 30 of you lot problem. And we were talking Screw about Tampa, the rest Bay, of you. Tampa Bay and Colorado. Yeah. But just to wrap on those guys again, because I think we sort of rushed through it. Mm-hmm. Just throw it out there. Ranting in and point. What do they get? When do they get it? Point a bridge deal seems to be the only option. There's no room in Tampa. There's nothing. Right. So he, they only have, I think it's like eight something. Uh, he should get the rest of it. Like he should, if it's a two or three year deal, or leave fifty thousand like the Leafs have between yeah. them and the cap, because that's all they have. Forty seven grand. If your point, you want as as little as possible. Uh-huh. Or sorry, it's not as little as possible. As short term as possible. Do you do a one year deal? That kicks the can down the road a bit. Um, it's only going to go up. Dude, if Marner's getting a hair under 11 now, Jeff Skinner is getting nine and a half. Like, you think this is going down? This train doesn't slow down, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're Tampa, you try to get at least two. But if you're point, I don't see any incentive to do... We don't see more than three, but I'd try to even keep eight, it at two. Eight point four six seven is all the money in the world. They have so left. I would say eight. Give me eight. And here's 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 the fun <laughs> he's, part. And he's justified in asking for in it. the NBA. You see a lot of guys going on like one or two year deals. Mm-hmm. You've seen one guy do the bet on himself deal at mega millions. Like I mean, like Andreas Janssen did it, but he did it for like seven hundred fifteen grand. <laughs> blah blah blah. Whatever. Yeah. And he William, got William Carlson, yep. four point nine million, I think, last year. 
or he bet five on, point yeah and then he, got, he bet on himself and I think this offseason he got a six year deal or something five or six year he deal he got money yeah if I'm Braden Point betting on myself because even if I have a bad year this year uh-huh. you know it's just a one off because I've been so good before if you're Braden Point I, d- I just don't see the incentive to go longer than two years I would do one you play ball you. play ball with your team who has an incredible window you can win the cup this year and next mm-hmm. if you sign a two year deal but uh, the type of player he is, over the past two seasons, he has fallen, I think, three points short and two points short of Marner. He's scored five fewer points over the last two seasons. Wow. 25 more goals. Yeah, he had 41 last year. He had 41 last year. Yeah. There is no reason to suggest he is worth less than Marner, especially the fact that he plays center. Mikko Rantanen... <laughs> Is super interesting mm-hmm. because Marner, 94 last season, 69 the year before, which is nice, but it's not 94. Rantanen has been over 80 in each of the past two seasons. And you guys called me crazy for saying he's one of the best players in the top two of the team. No one and said he, he wasn't one of the best players. Uh, and he had 87 he last year. He had 87 last year, which is not 94. Oh. Ah. He only played 74 games. Ah. Mm-hmm. 87 points divided by 74 games, 96 point pace. How many goals? Uh, over 30 in each of his last 31. two. 31. 29 the year before. 29. Okay, so he's Ooh. got 30 this year. Can't even score 30 goals. Yeah. Ah, but 30 on the button. Average over his last two. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Math. <laughs> you should Numbers. be an owner. Sure. You should be an agent. <laughs> so there's... Mathematician Steve Dangle over here. He's a mathy there's... guy. <laughs> now, here's what's amazing. Colorado mm-hmm. should be able to afford to pay him whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got... Uh, McKinnon locked up to the best contract in the league. They got Nazem Kadri, who's on this wicked contract. There's no way this doesn't get done, right? Yes. Except for when does Landeskog expire? Making five point whatever. Mr. Landeskog expires in two years. Two years? They have, they have some time, yeah. They have some time. What do you mean? But if, like, Braden Point has to. Sign a bridge deal. There's no mm-hmm. other option unless he's getting taken Colorado from that team. Colorado has $15 million in cap space. This is the problem. Year. This, this year. year. Go sign Ranton into whatever they need. The next two years, it's not a problem. Yeah. But going forward. You can't tell Colorado they have to worry about three years from now if you're not telling the Leafs. You're 100% have... right, which is why I think Ranton in should get term like Marner did. Exactly. And it should be, there's no reason it should be less than 11 It should be 10.9. It should be, it should be 10.89. <laughs> Four <laughs> is what it should be. Uh, what if a penny more than and Marner? He, a penny more than Marner, and he changes his number to thirty-four, just to tell Soderberg, "Listen, it's funny," and, <laughs> you, and you just deal with it. I'm, I'm just doing uh, it. Uh, TSN legal analyst, and forgive me if I pronounce this name incorrectly, Eric Macramella, Eric on sports law, said in a predictable move, the NHLPA has advised it will not update the C- mm-hmm. uh, CBA. Hot talks continues. The key issues for the players. Uh, are defining hockey-related revenue. Hmm. Capping as... So that's that's interesting because that goes back to my point way back where I was saying I'm not sure that the Seattle franchise counts as hockey-related revenue. I don't know. Capping escrow may be a good compromise as well. As for the hockey-related revenue, the player's share in the revenue, that may be contentious. Gambling... And I would imagine it would be contentious because maybe that Seattle money doesn't count which sucks. Mm-hmm. Gambling revenue will create significant stream of revenue that players will want a share of. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. No kidding. Yes. And absolutely should have a share of. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's funny because it's like, wow, we're making so much money. Let's argue over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the future the future of uh, sports in America, 
whenever uh, in-game betting is legalized across the board across the country is you sitting on your phone in a stadium saying, hey, they're going to score a goal in this period, I'm going to put $10 on that. You just punch up the NHL app and you do it. Yeah. I think it's That's all... That's the future. It's all different forms of gambling. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the most fun on-my-phone moments um, I've had at a sporting event is, I th- I can't remember which year it was that the Jays played. They lost in the ALCS? That would have been in- to Kansas City. I can't remember if it was years. to Kansas or to Cleveland. Oh, sorry. Yeah, or what, wasn't yeah. one of the years Cleveland? Mm-hmm. can't remember if it was to Kansas or Cleveland, but I was at a game with Mrs. Dangle, and during the game, uh, you know, the Jays, instead of getting eliminated, they won, and they were obviously going to win. So we go, okay, and we bought tickets to the next day's game. We kept updating the ticket page to see how much the tickets went up, <laughs> inning by inning by inning. And, like, by the end of it, it's like, wow, if we waited... Like another hour, we would have had to pay like another thirty bucks <laughs> for these tickets. It's all gambling. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that would have been uh, lost it. Two thousand sixteen, lost to the Indians in the ALCS. I just so yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was that. Yeah. Anyways, hmm. shucks. We'll see if that's revenue for the players. Be or the very league very interesting. Or the uh, stadium. Lease made some cups, some cuts at camp. Just want to quickly mention this, and all teams are right now. But the one guy's name that came up is mostly junior guys that were cut, but SDA. Oh now, well, <laughs> but he had like eight goals last year, right? Like he needs to go back and get his shit together. He, the hype was warranted. He had a good uh, preseason rookie tournament. Um, he looked like exactly the sort of guy you bet on when he was picked, which I think was the third round. Okay, now let's let him go back to junior and rip it up. Yep, and he didn't. He had one fewer point, or one less point than Liam Kirk. Another undersized forward, uh, drafted in the seventh round, same year. So, could they have had him play a preseason game tomorrow? Sure, but there's no point. He's not making the team. He's not going to the. E. He's not going to the A. No, and he played a little bit of ECHL last year because Peterborough was out so early, and that was part of the problem. Uh, he's got to go back to junior, and he's got to rip it up. And he's going to do that if he starts with them as soon as possible. Charlie McAvoy has re-signed. Also, Nick, noted uh, defender, Nick Robertson. Yes, yes. <laughs> Sent noted. to the Peterborough Beats. Uh, Charlie McAvoy re-signed. So did Ivan Provorov since our last show. Interesting, both oh, yeah. were at pretty good cap hits. But I wondered with, with McAvoy. That's an interesting one. Here's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Boston's core, their top three or four guys have been locked up for a while. Bergeron, Marchan, Chara, Rask, right? All in their 30s. All in their 30s now. All in their 30s and all extremely successful in their 30s. Totally. Chara's in his 40s. Yeah. See, part of the thing people ask about where Kyle Dubas is, why didn't he have more leverage? I think the Bruins had more leverage with McAvoy than the Leafs would have had with Marner because their core, you know who their core is. And Charlie McAvoy will become and is going to be a part of that core if he's not already. Right. No, he is. He is. However... Charlie McAvoy looks at a team that just made the Stanley Cup Finals and went, how can I not want to be a part of this? I'll make my I'll make my ridiculous sum of money in three years. But for the Leafs, when they sign these guys, they don't have that older core to say, here's an opportunity with these guys at the window. They haven't gotten out of the first round yet. 
So right. I wonder if that sort of worked against them too. Whereas, you know, it's an easier sell with Charlie McAvoy because it's like, yeah, you're going to learn under these great guys. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. And yeah, we just made the Stanley Cup finals. Whereas with the Leafs, it's like, Marner, we need you because we can't get out of the first round. I think I think with McAvoy, it's interesting. The, the guy who I think it, it applies to the most, even though they don't play the same position, is Brock Besser. Um, mm. I think that's going to be a really interesting... Because the Canucks... Like, Charlie McAvoy is needed by the Bruins. But the Canucks, Brock Besser is a part of that young core that mm-hmm. eventually in 10 years will be Marshan, Bergeron, Chara, Rask, hopefully for the Canucks. It's not that. Um, it's that Besser's an unbelievably talented player. Yes. We know that. Mm-hmm. McAvoy's an unbelievably talented player. We know that. Can't stay healthy. Mm. That's the issue. So throwing a huge like eight-year contract at either of those guys does come with a risk. It might end up paying wicked dividends, knowing that it's the Bruins, it probably will. But um, there, there is reason to be cautious here. You know? Injuries are afraid of the Bruins, by the way. They're they're afraid of getting beaten up and punched it's, in the face. It's true. It's, it's intimidation. So w- with Boston, I mean, you got a clear window while these guys are still... You know, can you call Bergeron in his prime? Friggin' bastard won't slow down. I don't know if he's ever not been in his prime. I, yeah. like, <laughs> since he hit his prime, I think he's remained there. Marshan's uh, definitely in there. Uh, Pasternak's creeping up. Krug is creeping up. This is probably Charles last season. Uh, a short-term deal makes sense on a lot of fronts here. But McAvoy is going to get friggin' paid Yeah. at the end of it. Yeah, he but is. But that sounds like a three years from now, probably. Let's do the press conference. The Presser SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. You guys got some paper? You guys no, got some pens? No. Uh, I can fetch. I got pens. Here. I got a piece of paper right now. Here's a pen. And a pen. Here's a pen. You got a pen? I don't I'm know what that check. is. Just making no, sure it's not can't. important. Don't write on this. Oh, don't? Okay. Yeah. Here, write on this. Cool. You got something you can write on? It's right on the back. It doesn't there matter. we go. All right, there you go. I got my old Adam and Steve one. All right. Glad time. you checked. <clears throat> Today's trivia is courtesy of Guapo Man. Guapo Man. Oh. 17 on Reddit. Oh, good. Hurricane Pinaz. <laughs> Pinaz. 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 <laughs> Remember, our... include that in your name, otherwise you're not a real fan. <laughs> if, you, if you don't include Pinaz in your name, do you even listen to Steve Dangle? Yeah, Pinaz right? John. Exactly. Pinaz Josh. Pinaz. Okay. okay. Anyway. Also, I got uh, NHL 20 because I had pre-ordered, so that it landed on my console on Friday. I haven't actually played it yet. So I gotta, we gotta do a re- little review next episode or something. We should. I, also, can I mention that the other day I was playing Red Dead, mm-hmm. then a notification popped up in the corner. It said NHL 20 is ready, mm-hmm. which I found very perplexing because I did not pre-order it, I did not buy it, and I did not put in a code. So I just what have NHL 20. What the full game? The full ass. And they game. sent it to your PSN. That's cool. I didn't do anything. Man, I should turn on my PSN. No one messaged No one emailed me. The life of Steve Dagle. I don't. Does nothing. NHL 20 ends up on its console. Well, Jesse, if you play the game, you will believe that it was a glitch. So. All right. Whoa. That's for next episode. Whoa. Have you played? Yes. And? Not a fan? It sounds like you're not a fan. Passing's really, really hard. Oh, it's hard. That's the problem. Uh, okay, it's not that it's bad. It's hard. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about that next episode. Okay. There's a little tease for it. Sure. All right, yeah, we'll you both know, play it. We'll both have our. That's reviews. the interesting thing. Thing with Steve, you got to make that distinction. Is it bad or is it difficult? Listen, 
They're one and the same. And yeah. honestly, why would you develop passing? You've never bothered to this point. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't know you knew where the pass button yeah, was. Exactly. Oh, I have yeah. a assist so far. You know where the R2 button is? That's yeah, insane. I do. Yeah, wow. Oh, wow. All right. Let's I'm do shocked. This. Let's the same do button this. I used to shoot you in the face in Red Dead. <laughs> so, Guapo Man 17 compiled the list of rookie records on a Reddit page uh, that were broken in the 2016 2017 season. Oh, boy. So, there were 12 records broken that season. Okay. We're going to run through all 12. Oh, my God. And for the ones where it's not a team record, I'm going to get you to give me the number and the player. Oh, so that, my that, God. So those questions will be worth two points. Okay. For all of these that are numbers-based, it'll be easy because you don't need to come up with a name. You don't need to use your noggin. You just need to guess a number. Okay. It'll be closest to without going over. Oh. If you go over, you lose. Okay. All right. All right. First... Record broken. Total rookie goals. What's your number? Got it. So Steve ah. knows the answer to this. Oh, this total the whole team. Total goals scored by rookies. Oh damn. Yeah. Oh shoot. Yeah. Oh, so Jesus. the total number throughout the season of goals scored by rookies. Okay. This is a record they broke in two thousand six. Isn't that crazy? They broke in two thousand six? Sixteen seventeen. The, the, all of these records come from the 16-17 season. Man, that's got to be they the Leafs that 12 year. records, yeah, yeah. So th- these are all Leafs records. Closest wow, without going over? Closest without going over. How many total rookie goals did they have? Okay. Let me see your papers. Steve, what's your number? 115, Steve. Adam? 100. 100. 123. Oh! oh! All right, Steve gets one. Steve gets okay. one. All right. Because Connor one. Brown had that 20 goal season, too. Yeah, that's too. right. Right? Yeah. They put up a lot of points. Yeah. Goals by a rookie. Just single. What's the name of the player that set the record, and how many goals did he score? Okay. Closest to without going over. Steve Dangle, Austin Matthews, 40. Austin Adam Matthews, 40. Raise, raise your paper. Oh, I didn't write it down. I didn't know if you want me to write it down. Oh, damn it, Adam. <laughs> well, you gotta write it, you gotta write I it. believe you. You got to write it down every time. No, I know that one. Yeah, Come right. on. Sorry, I'll write it down. I'll write you both it down got two no, points. Right. You both right. got two points on that question. One, two, Steve's up 3-2. Okay. okay. I don't need to keep track of the score then, right? Please do. Oh, please do? Okay. Please do. 3-2. Right. It's 3-2. You got one point on the first question, and then you got two points for the player and the name. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Closest to adding Three, your points. Closest to adding your points without going over. Oh. Three, two. All right. Most points by a rookie. Who had it? Name of the player and how many points did he score in the 2016-2017 season? Okay. Which rookie scored the most points that year? How many points was it? Adam Wilde, are you oh. ready? Austin Matthews, 69. Yeah. Steve Dangle? I only Matthews, put Ma. 69. Yeah. All right. Because he played 82 games. Steve's still up by one. Yeah. Is that two points? That's two points for each of you. All right. Most assists by a rookie in a single season. This player set the record that year. Now, there's two players. Is it Marner or is it Nylander? Now, I know that they tied for points. So the question is, who scored more goals? Uh, okay. I don't know. Most assists by a rookie in the 2016-2017 season. Steve Dangle, what's your answer? 
Steve Dangle has Marner 40. Adam Wilde, who do you got? I say Nylander 41. You each get a point. The number is 42. Oh, Adam wow. gets the number closest. And the player is Mitch Marner. Okay. Oh. So you each get a point there. Steve's still up by one. Wait. Oh, how many assists did you say? I said 40. So you were closest. The answer is oh, 42. You price is right. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's so close. You still got a point. This is fun. Uh, okay. All right. Dude, we're here. Oof, I'm sweating. This is tough. <laughs> most power play goals. Oh. Who scored oh. the most power play goals by a rookie? And what was the number? And this is 16-17. They're all 16-17. Us from the, two years ago would be slapping us now. How do you forget that, this? Right? Magical season. <laughs> Um, it's crazy that they set all these records so in that interesting, one season. Interesting about this one. Rookie power play goals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say anything because... Yeah, don't uh, give him any hints. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's why you got a paper. Uh, <laughs> I mean... What's the number of power play goals this rookie scored that season? And who's the rookie? Okay. Steve, what's your number? Who's your name? Matthews, 12. Adam? Nylander, 10. <sighs> Adam gets one point. The correct answer is Nylander, 9. Ah! Oh, so Steve wow. is over and incorrect. So Damn. Adam, it's tie ball game. I'll tell you why I went. Sorry, I looked like I was <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you. good. I'll tell you why I went Nylander on that. Because all anybody can talk about is how prolific Matthews is at even strength. Even strength scoring. Yeah. But he just he just scored so many goals. I was like, he could have the most even strength goals and, and power play. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was 40 goals. Damn. Yeah. All right. All right. Sorry, we're going. Nine? We're going. No, that was, <laughs> that was the fun. record. You guys are tied now. All okay. right. Total rookie points. This is a single point question. Oh, by everybody. By everybody. How many points did the Leafs rookies put up in the 0-16-0-17 season? What's the total number of points put up by their rookies that year? I'm trying to do, like, quick maths. Uh, <laughs> you trying to count them all up? Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget guys like Zaitsev and Hyman and Nylander and Matthews and Marner. All rookies. Brown was a rookie that yep. season, too, yeah. Whole bunch of them. Any goalies who may have had an assist. <laughs> Any goalies, yeah. <laughs> I know, Enroth wasn't a rookie. Remember that? Yeah, that yeah. Remember yeah. how he was briefly season. a thing? Oh, well, now I gotta do... What's your... Uh... Can you trust me to use my calculator? No, you're not allowed to use a calculator. Damn it, now that's I gotta a... do math. That's unfair. This is stupid. Adam, do you have a number written down? Still thinking? You're gonna go one dollar, Bob? Who's the new guy who else prices right? Drew Carey. Isn't Drew yeah. Carey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not the other Drew Carey. All right, I got my number. One of the two Drew Carey's hosts. Ready? <laughs> All right, what's your number? Where, where am I looking? The bottom. Oh. I circled mine. 295, Steve has. I say 280. 280. Adam Wilde in the lead. No, <laughs> oh, no, you have a oh. higher number, right? Wait, I said 295. Oh, Steve's, Steve's tied. Well, how many yeah. was it? It was... 304. No, Steve's up by one again because we were tied. Oh, you were tied. Yeah. Steve's up by one. Ah, 304. Because I was like, Connor Carrick was a rookie. And, mm-hmm. uh, oh. uh, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, how many points did he have? Zaitsev at 36. All like, right. You know, anyway. Back to the power play. Damn it. Leafs this season, a Leafs player set the record for most power play points by a rookie. What's the name of this Leaf? How many <sighs> points did he score on the PP? The, he got PPP power play points. Is this in this that same season? Oh, they're all sixteen seventeen. All of these records are set in the sixteen seventeen season. Which rookie? This is this is great trivia. Got it. Thank and, you, and the Duol, number? man. Seventeen and the number. 
So oh, this question's worth two points. Mm-hmm. I know the person. Mm. Hundo, Hundo P, I know the person. Adam knows the person. Steve Dangle says Marner, 18. Adam Wilde, who are you saying? Marner, 30. <sighs> Steve Dangle gets a point. Ah! It's Nylander, 26. Whoa, really? Wow. Man, people forget. Right? Y'all, you're sleeping on him, man. Sleep. You're sleeping on him. Well, I yeah. thought Marner because of the domination of JVR in front of the net. Right, right. I, yeah, and well, and also that line like really had a hard time five and five. Yeah, and mm-hmm. but he still put up a ton of points. Yeah. So, okay. So now Steve's up two. Steve is up two. All right. This player set the record for longest point streak by a rookie. No, I don't know. This How one. many games? Which rookie? How many games did he have a point streak? And which rookie was, was it? Was it before or after he hit the wall? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Adam, who's your guess? Matthew's eight. Matthew's eight? Nylander, ten. Two points for Steve Dangle. Ah, it was well a 12-point. Oh, was it 12? 12-game 12 point streak, wow. and it was Nylander. Again, you guys are all sleeping on Nylander. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was right. really good. He, really, and he really was really good. good his second season, too. Right? People yeah. just forgot. Yeah. All right. Oh, by the way, just quick breaking news. <laughs> You're going to love this. Flyers announce a six-year contract with Travis Konechny. What do you think Travis Konechny is making? Uh, can you bring up his point totals? Because remember, we're talking about Mitch Marner here, the comparison. Travis mm-hmm. Konechny is a winger, I think the same age, uh, 69 points two years ago, 94 this past year, career high 26 goals. Travis Konechny had 47 two years ago and 49 this past year. It is, they'd be smart to lock him up to term. Mm-hmm. Well, I said six years. Oh, it's six years. Yeah. So I got it. Uh, f- five. Jesse, do you know? Mm, 4.5. Have you seen it? 6.1. 5.5. Ah. Okay. All right. That's pretty fair. Manageable deal. Yeah. Manageable deal. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, any more? Any more? Yeah, yeah. We got one, two, three. I think four more questions. Most shorthanded goals by a rookie. This record was set in the 16-17 season. How many shorthanded goals did this rookie score? Sorry, what was the question? One more time. Shorthanded goals by a rookie. Was set this season, 16-17. What's the player? How many shorthanded goals did he have? Adam, what's your answer? Hyman, four. Hyman, four. Hyman, four. Well done, boys. We both knew. Well done, boys. That's pretty good. I remember thinking, that's pretty cool. What is that, two two points? Two points each. Steve's still up by three or four? Yeah, three. Three? All right. I think so. Mm. Count them up. Three? I think so. We'll go with three. Sure. All right. Game-winning goals by a rookie. This player set the record. With this amount of game-winning goals in the 16-17 season. And he was a rookie. So he set the rookie record. Because that's how rookie records work. you got to be a rookie to set rookie records. <laughs> Fun fact about rookie records. Weird. You know, it's fair. Yeah. And he was in his first year of play in the NHL, which makes him a rookie. That's so weird. Yeah, I know. It's weird crazy. I, mm, I'm going to erase... Oh. My number, and I'm gonna put a higher one. You know, usually you do this, and you do it incorrectly. I so know. I'm hoping you're making the right decision here. Let's see. All right, what's your number? Matthew's twelve says Steve Dangle. I said Matthew's nine. Steve, what was your original number? Eight. <laughs> so I would have lost either way. No, the number was eight. 
Oh, <laughs> no! So we each get a oh! point. And it is Matthews. Damn it. I told you, you always do that. I do always do that. (laughs) Was that not a hint? (laughs) And it was bang on. Come on. You nailed it. Oh, boy, that's funny. (laughs) Damn. You know, on on this thing alone, I would, if I were you, trust my gut on pretty much everything. (laughs) (laughs) Man. So, yeah, Matthews had eight game-winning goals in 16-17, set the record. All right. Most shots on goal by a rookie. Oh. Who had it? What's the number? A lot of shots. A lot of shots that hit the uh, hit the goalie, but not the post. Because if you hit the post, it's not, it's a, not shot a shot on goal. Which is odd. But by the way, this player is totally known for hitting the damn post, too. Yep. If he didn't hit the post so much, <laughs> the goal totals would be even, even higher. Could have had an even bigger record. All right. Steve says Matthews 310. Adam says... I said Matthew's 120. <laughs> well, you got it right because uh, Steve went over the number, which is 279. Hey! No! Adam $1 you. Yes. Two points, Steve, one point. I thought it was really, really high. Oh, well. So it's Steve's only up by two? That's right. All right. Last question. Last mm-hmm. question. Adam, you need both of these right. Steve needs you need the number and the player, and Steve needs to get both of them wrong. Well, All you need me to do is write you. down my answer and then change it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Steve's first answer. Total ice time. So think about who would be playing lots of ice time, and what's the number? What's the number? What's like the overall nu- or average per game? Total. Oh, oh my God. All the minutes Jesus. together. I don't know anything about oh, that. All um, the minutes together. That's what we're all going for. All the minutes for. together. All <laughs> the together. Game seven. <laughs> Steven Adam hit the ice. What is the total number uh, of this rookie? It was me, Austin. <laughs> it was me all along. Um, oh, now you're making me do math. Yeah, um, do it. Dude, I don't know how to do it. Think of their average. Multiply it by 82. <laughs> oh my god what a, okay times 10 no, calcula- no calculators yeah this is just 10 8 times plus 2 <laughs> yeah that's fucking great man just do uh, the math you guys it's super easy it's not like I have the answer in front of me and I also need the correct rookie uh, so you gotta give me those uh, oh my god I don't know math man um, <laughs> that's the fun of the game okay here's here's how I do it I think I got it Oh, that's that's that, and then and then if I don't have it, I'll be like, nah, I didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) But you think you got it? That's what I love about this trivia thing is it's really it's a shot in the dark each time. It is. I think it truly is. I am wrong on both counts, so Adam might win this thing. Steve went with Zaitsev twelve hundred. Whoa, Adam, interesting, good pick. Shut up. I went with Zach Hyman, sixteen hundred. Twenty minutes a night, because he plays a lot There's of short. There's no way we're going to OT again. Adam, you fell one point short. Oh, damn it! <laughs> you had the number closer, but the correct answer was Zaitsev. Oh wow, Steve, well done. All Zaitsev. right, how that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zaitsev beating out all those guys. Yeah. He's a defender. The defenseman and, by and default. He was on the power play. That's why. And yeah. That's why I went with Hyman. Play. 
And the, he had 36 points. Yeah, he did. No, I, I went with Hyman just because he was a shorthanded guy. And I was like, who else right. is playing special teams? Yeah, no, and, it wasn't uh, until the next season that Babcock is like, you basically don't leave the ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. Oh, my God. And I guess you lost by two, actually. Two points. Right? Yeah. Two points. But, boy, good times. <sighs> good times. Good times, Come guys. On, it's that tight. I feel like I'm closing the gap. I might not be yeah. I'm like the Blue Jays right now. I'm losing by one run, but I'm still in it. But like, there's, there's a lot of moral victories. Yeah, in yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, gentlemen. All right. Good fun. Good fun all around. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, whatever, you got our Reddit page. You got our Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got us on YouTube or whatever. We will be back next Monday. And by the way, uh, in the next little bit, we're going to be able to confirm for you what our actual schedule is going to be this year because we're going to try to move to, and I think we're 100% going to move to, fixed days. So you know when the podcast mm-hmm. can come out. So you don't have to be like, I wonder if it came out today. All right. We used to do that. we got to move yeah. back to that. So we're doing that this year, and uh, we're pretty excited about that. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.